It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to exclusively on KISS FM by J. Michael. Fashion for everyone. Good morning, Sandy. Hey, good morning, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing? We good. are good. What do yeah, you got? Yeah, everybody had a good weekend? Yeah, really good. So, uh, news headlines this morning. Looks like it was a little bit of a slow weekend, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the, obviously, you guys were just talking about the concert, I think. Mm-hmm. They were kind of losing you there. You on mic? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think... Um, there you yep. are. We have this new link into the studio. I think Chuck forgot to tell me. If I click mm. in early, I'm going to hear other people. <laughs> so. Okay. All right. I just disconnected. Interesting. Uh, all right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you learn as you go. <laughs> so, um, I was saying that it was uh, a little bit of a, of a slow weekend. Um, we have some, uh, I guess, sort of, there was a robbery. I think we didn't. Hold on a second. Friday. Yeah. We might have missed this one. It happened after. It was announced afterwards. So police are investigating an armed robbery at a restaurant on Lawrence Boulevard. Uh, didn't specify which one, but on June the 1st, around 1.20 a.m., uh, two men robbed um, one of the restaurants. There's only about three possibilities in there, to be honest. Um, so reports from the RCIPS are that two persons armed with firearms were reported to have attended the location and demanded cash from the register. They then made off with a quantity of cash in a vehicle towards West Bay Road. So um, the police uh, conducted searches and a vehicle believed to be involved in the incident was recovered as evidence and uh, further checks were made. No perpetrators as yet, but I'm sure the police will now be checking CCTV footage in the area for sure. Hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So the Offreg uh, regulatory agency has indicated that another um, six MW of additional capacity has been extended to the what they call the Distributed Renewable Energy Program. And so essentially what that is, is anyone who's interested in solar should definitely go and check this out. They're releasing it. I mean, yeah, we're going to jump <laughs> off. That's just not working. Yeah, well. uh, all right. This uh, segment brought to you by Jay Michael. Style up this summer with the late. I don't know what that horrible noise is. I don't know. Uh, I have no clue what that is. No clue. <laughs> I have no no idea what that is. Um, so there's a new, a bit of a new situation here. Um, hmm. All right, trying to figure this one out. Um, so we've got a new connection into the radio station, and it looks like somebody just says it's acting the fool. And it sure is. It's just that I don't know how to fix it. I think this is beyond my capacity. Let's try it again. All right. I uh, reconnected. I don't know if that's any better. Can anybody in Radio Land hear me? 
All right, disconnected from <clears throat> from the radio completely because that is going to drive me insane. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but uh, what does that sound say? Insane in the membrane? Yeah, that's pretty much what that was doing. Wow, pretty crazy. Let's see if we can get a hold of anybody this morning at DMS Control Center. Well, 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 I don't know what to tell you, honey chill. Um, This is definitely above my pay grade. Control center. No accessories found. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, well. There is a possibility. Let me see if we can get uh, if we can get anybody at the station. I'll keep trying. In the meantime, we got stuff to be talking about, y'all. We got things to talk about. We got things to do, and people to see, and people to talk about. Things are going on. I don't know. This one has me puzzled. All right, let me try. Um, let me try. All right, couldn't really, yeah. Uh, do anything about that. Mm -mm 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 -mm. All right, let me see here. Let's try again. We'll call him on his direct line. Ah, honey Chow, how's everybody doing out there? Everybody's good? 
Um, yeah, we have a new, sort of a new link in, and that's, grab my other social media links. That's acting the fool, as somebody just said. That's the most appropriate way to explain it. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, oh, Lord, I can't get nobody. Can't get nobody this morning. Mm. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, let me get my social links together. Hold on, social media people. Let me just at least do that much for you. It's too bad because we're going to be talking about hurricane preparedness today. Quite an important topic for everybody, especially your radio listeners who may not have social media. Um, so let me see. Let me see. Let me see what's going on. Hold on. Let me grab Facebook. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm okay. For some reason, um, I don't know if you know about the new link that I'm supposed to be using to log in, but it's ca causing some sort of chaos on the um, on the radio part of things. So I'm getting like feedback and stuff. So I'm wondering, I know Chuck isn't there, but I'm wondering who is that maybe can help me. Okay, thank you. All righty, thanks. All right, folks, he's going to try to get a hold of the other technical guy there, Dave, and then we'll see how we get on this morning. Hopefully we can get it sorted before our guests come on. Um, yeah, all right. Let me check the AC. It feels a little bit warm in here this morning. Sometimes I wonder if it's my imagination, but summer's coming. That much we know. So it looks like we might be in for a little bit more rain again today. Are those rain clouds I see? Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm grateful for the rain. Don't get me wrong, honey chill. Don't get me wrong now. I am ever so grateful for the rain, but ooh, we've been getting a lot. And y'all knows what, two things come with the rain, mosquitoes <clears throat> and crabs. Crabs are okay. Mosquitoes, not so much so. So, yes, honey, chill. So I'm going to just send these links out to everybody so you guys can tune in. Mm -hmm. So we'll try to figure out what's, I'm sure it's probably like one button that needs to be adjusted, but I don't tend to touch anything on my end. And um, so I don't know what's different with this new link that maybe needs to be changed. I don't really know. Um, hmm. It's a bit strange to be honest. Hold on one second here. Let me get, uh, it shouldn't, I mean, in theory, it shouldn't really change anything because a link is a link is a link, right? Shouldn't really change any of your audio settings, but I have no clue. Um, 
right, let me just double check something here in my notes. Um, okay, people are messaging me. No show today? Yes, ma'am. There's a show. Um, just getting all the social media links out to everyone. This is why it's good to have a good to have a backup option, you know. Um, so let me just see here. Mm-hmm. We're always on social media, honey, chill. And even on social media, we got a backup option there as well. Let me see here now. Okay. While we're waiting and maybe some assistance, I'm going to see if I can put my two little brain cells together and work this out. Uh, let me send this to another lady this morning who was messaging me earlier. I think she was messaging me a little bit early, honey, child, because she was like, don't we get started at, where are you? And I'm like, uh, it's like 6.30, ma'am. <laughs> Not so early. Not so early. All right. So my notes say, let me just have a look at my notations. So I'm just wondering what might have changed. So we've got those settings. We've got default main communications pro. Let me just double check something here. So this is on, yeah, main, yes. And communications pro, yeah. Mm. What if I should change it to, maybe I change it to this one, communications outputs. Huh, this might make a difference. All right, let me try it again. I am going to, good morning. Um, I'm getting some sort of feedback. I'm just trying to adjust some settings. I'm, it's like looping and sounding crazy on the radio. Yeah, that's all the way down, but that's not it. It's something else that's causing it. So I've just, um, the headphone one, I've just changed that to my digital output communications and I'm connected back in. I don't hear anything now. Do you hear anything? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. All right. So Yeah. Mhm. Yep. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's the one that I changed the output to communications. Um, fade it all the way down. Okay. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, no problem. Yeah. Okay, all right, no worries. I'm good. All right, there you go. Such a little thing. Yeah, thanks very much. I appreciate it. All right, bye. All right, folks. Yeah, so uh, new way of, of logging in and, you know, 
little technical thing this morning, but I think we're good now. We should be good. Got our first call of the morning. Good morning, caller. Morning. I just wanted to let you know that the radio station is like playing two different things at one time. So like is your it, show is playing is it and then another doing, show is playing. Is it still doing that? He just checked it. Double, double right, check it for me. Okay, give me a second. Okay. So we think we resolved it. All right, hold on. hear the radio right well just now i could <laughs> that was a problem um it's still doing the same thing oh so it's playing two shows yeah they're talking about farming and pesticides okay. and uh-huh all right well i just wanted to let you know i appreciate it not a problem Okay, uh, let me see now. Hold on. Give him a call. Do, 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 do. Let me call him back. So I think they just have to kill that auto feed that's in the background. Um, hey, so apparently it's playing another program at the same time. That's what's going on now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. All right. We're going to, we're going to get it Monday morning. Hey, good morning, y'all. What's up? What's up? Happy Monday. Yeah. We soon get it. Crosses, Vicky. Crosses. <laughs> we soon get it started. Good morning, Miss Renita. Miss Lillian is here. Marshall in the house. Steven, he's like, I'm good. I'm on social media. What y'all talking about? So, um, oh gosh, I gotta, hold on. Let me fix one of my flags in the background while I'm at it. Do I have time to go do that? You notice that one screen is kind of wonky. All right, let me uh, play a little something, a little jingle jingle. I know we definitely don't need the wake up song this morning because we all woke <laughs> in more ways than one, trust and believe. Um, all right, we'll get it going here. Where is Aliano? Aliano, are you in the house this morning? Are you in class? I saw you riding your bicycle on, I think it was Saturday. Uh, I was driving in town. I saw you on a, a really tall, it looked like the bike seat was like super tall. I was like, where's Aliano going? All right, let me see here now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, radio folks, let me know how we're sounding. I'm gonna get uh, some other links going here in just a second. So we do have guests that are joining us to talk about hurricane season just in time too, because let me tell you, can y'all uh, see this pre-weather that we're getting? Storms already out there trying to kick up a little something, something, something. I was like, wow, it's, uh, it's, Quite something out there. All right, um, looking good, looking good. 
All right, how's the radio? Are we back back to normal? Mm-hmm. Just having a look at a few messages. Radio, good now. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you, Dave. Big shout out to the support that we have in the studio there. Fantastic team. Um, you know, lots of moving parts and they're always trying to improve things. So I think this new setup is designed to um, eliminate some of the other issues that we were having where sometimes I'm like robotic or whatever. So this should create more stability on the radio side. But of course, um, this morning was our first time trying the new link and yeah, Murphy's Law, right? It's going to give you a little bit of trouble, but that's a-okay. We're all good now. So uh, I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. I think we uh, we did pretty good around here. I must say, how was the concert? Did anybody go to the concert on Saturday? I think uh, based on the feedback that I've received, the crowd was like lit. Like it was everybody and their grandma was there and the dog. Uh, sounds like it was really, really fantastic. So congratulations to Renegade and his team that uh, put this all together. Um, you know, really good job. I must say that um, it's one of those things where literally all day Saturday, I was a little bit worried for him because it was raining in the morning and it just wasn't stopping. And I was thinking to myself, OMG, I don't know, might get rained out. And literally two hours before, two hours before, it just stopped. And it's like, God was just on Renegade's side. God was like, Renegade, I am going to give you a blessed event this weekend. The rain stopped. The sunshine came back with a vengeance. And it was it was really good from what I heard. Somebody said, yes, better not, better. Show was epic, worth it, says this listener to the program. So yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Uh, where's Renegade this morning? Is he awake? Maybe we can call him. Let me see. Hold on. Let's check in with Renegade. Oh, he has a show. Oh, right. <laughs> That's what to call. I'm like, isn't he? A, wait a minute. I can't call Renegade. Uh, he has a show. Oh. Oh. So um, who was it again that performed? They were Sean Paul. And um, somebody said that it started to drizzle just at 12 o'clock after the show finished. So perfect timing. So we had who? We had uh, Sean Paul and um, Busta, Busta Rhymes. So I think this was Busta Rhymes first, Patrice Robert, somebody else said. I think this was his first time here performing for sure. And maybe in the Caribbean. So I heard that people were taking him out to local venues to get some good Caribbean food. I don't know what he ate, but I heard he went to Famous. So big shout out to... Is it Miss Donna over at Famous Restaurant? She got to feed Busta Rhymes. One of my sources told me, honey, chill. He was eating good. Uh, Georgie Dorante, I don't know who any of these people are, but oh, Elephant Man was here too. I know Elephant Man. And there was a local guy. Who's the local guy? Is Georgie the local guy? So it sounds like it was um, a good lineup. Um, so someone says they got VIP tickets. They have a different opinion. They said they had to pay an extra $200 with drinks to get into tent. Sean Paul performed the best. 
Well, I find with these events, you can't make everybody happy, honey shell. It's always, it's just a situation. You do your best, I guess. Um, I could never be a promoter. Oh my gosh. I am just not. I would be like, listen, have a drink and just enjoy the darn show already. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. What a hot mess. Um, all right. So seems like a lot of people enjoyed it. We've got Miss, uh, let's see who else is here this morning. Miss Wee Wee's in the house. Olivia's here, first lady. Morning, everybody. Diamond Princess. Oh, I got my honey cha mug. I'm trying to get the others ready for you guys, by the way. Um, so we got like two or three tester mugs. And um, so as you can see, it says honey chow on one side and then my initials. Because people wanted me to sign mugs. I was like, listen, I don't got enough time for that. Let's just put a little signature on there. And then we've got this one. The other side is a cold hard truth and a telephone number. So you never forget the number to call into the show now. So we did a new design. Looking good, looking good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get some nice turmeric ginger tea this morning. Tasting nice. Okay, Diamond Princess, Miss Felicia. Jim says still the same. I think it should be good now. Jim, Everton, how are you? Um... Oh, gosh. Everton, we're good now. We're all good. We're good. Miss Alba, Buenos Dias. Dwayne, how are you? How were the accidents this weekend? Any bad? There wasn't anything too bad, I don't think. I didn't hear. I mean, listen, every day in Cayman, we have an accident. So that's no longer newsworthy, I'm afraid to tell you. We still post them. There was one on Saturday down in Lower Valley. Um, Two cars. Don't know how this happened, but they ran into each other. I think maybe they were going in opposite directions. Like, I don't even know how people have these accidents. They're kind of crazy. Oh, thank you, Everton. He's asking about the cows. Okay, let me let me say this, because th- this is worth mentioning, right? This time of year, yes, y'all know it's rainy season. We had, uh, you know, a lot of rain over the last couple of days. Everywhere is waterlogged, right? This is a perfect opportunity, folks. If you have property... Maybe you bought a piece of land and one day you're going to build on it, right? This is the time to go check that land to see how much fill you're really going to need. Because the, the, the ground got drenched pretty good uh, over the last couple of days. Now, here's the thing. Um, the ground got drenched and y'all leaving your livestock outside in, uh, in the water. You know, I'm no cow expert. I only know that they taste good when you cook them with steak. You make a steak out of them or whatever, you know. But please, I don't like to see them being abused in any way, shape, or form. You know, I think that they should be happy when they're about to become my steak. So here's a picture of what we were looking at. (laughs) Hear me talking about steak. I know Soka was here. Soka would be like Sandy. What are you doing talking about eating those poor cows? All right, look at this. Um, so this is the poor little cows, right? This water, the surrounding area, folks, completely underwater. And the poor little cows have one little, there's like, how many of them? I see five, at least in this photo. They have one little snippet there where they can kind of stand, 
And are those cows drinking that nasty water? And of course, you know, the chickens in that business, they're over here and what probably was where the cows are supposed to be eating. Check in your cows, folks. Move them to higher pasture. Look at this. Let me let me grab this so you can see it up closer. This is just wrong. Y'all need to do better with your livestock. And I hope these not the same livestock you be trying to take to the agriculture show to show off to people because you should be ashamed of yourself. Anyway, this is somewhere down in West Bay in an area called Meadow Lane, I believe. And I think that, um, you know, it's clear that you guys need to, oh my God, look at this one. This is so sad. This poor little black cow up to his knees in water. Our cows don't really have knees, but y'all know what I mean. Um, this is not good for the hoof of the cow, I don't suspect. Sometimes I watch the Animal Planet and I've seen what happens when people don't take care of their cows, their livestock, and they have to do like surgery on the hoof. It's not very nice. Like they can get a really nasty infection. So can we just beg y'all to please do better? Let me show y'all this. Hold on now. These poor little cute little cows. Mm. All right, let's see here. So I think more, more rain is definitely in the forecast. Yeah, look at this. Look at that poor little thing. Standing in water like that cannot be good. And you know that water is not going to recede in two minutes. That's going to be there for a while. So please go check on your livestock. Um, if this is an area that you often have your cows in, because I'm told that this cow, these cows are always there. And every time it's rainy season, this is a problem. And so what I would suggest is um, either move them to a completely different location or see about having this filled in. I mean, surely it can't be that hard to fill it in for the cows, right? So thank you, Everton, for the reminder to check in your livestock during these uh, kind of rainy season times. Just like the dogs, we don't want you tying your dogs out in the rain. And, you know, some dogs are very, very afraid of lightning and thunder. And that makes them run off. Um, so Everton, you know what, to be honest, he was asking if we didn't do a check before. I'll be honest with you. It was, um, supposed to be just the link and we were scheduled to check it on Friday, but everybody got busy. And so it didn't happen, but yes, normally we do checks, but sometimes you do a check and then one little thing changes. Computers restart and do funny stuff. So, ah, eh, that's, that's life Everton when you're dealing with technology. Nothing's perfect. The people who made it weren't perfect. And sometimes the technology is not perfect either. But this was an easy one to resolve once we knew what to do. Buenos dias to Miss Elizabeth. Uh, Miss Barbara's wishing everyone happy Monday. Miss Bonnie's here joining us from East End. Hello, Robert. Miss Dean, how are you? Um, anybody else couldn't hear the phone call? <laughs> That's my little reminder about our guests, and I do see some of them in the studio, so we're almost ready. So, uh, Miss Dean, Vicky, thank you, Miss Vicky. Michael Ventura's in the house. Bonnie's here, Miss Beulah. Malita, good morning. Charlene, how you doing, honey chow? Yes, Aliano, I think I saw you on Sunday cycling in town by the little mini roundabout by RBC. I tried not to hit you, and looks like I succeeded. <laughs> Miss Olive, good morning to you, darling. Jan is here. How are you? 
So I got a letter on, uh, I think it was, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. From um, a, a new fan to the show. So let's let's check out this letter. This came in by email. So this person says, um, thank you, Sandra. Uh, hi, Sandra. I just returned home from a week scuba diving trip in Cayman Brack last night and wanted to wanted to thank you for your kind and humane stance on the LGBTQ plus community. It was my second time traveling to the Caymans. Well, we're going to, we're going to correct you, honey, child. There's like, you know, it's the Cayman Islands, but that's okay. It's only your second time. And guess what? There are people who live here who be calling it the Caymans. So we're going to forgive you, <laughs> but we're we'll still, we'll still let you know. It's a bit of a pet peeve. Um, it was my second time traveling to the Caymans with a group of gay men. And I have to say another great experience where people could not have been kinder or hospitable. Some friends of mine uh, who have a condo in Grand Cayman, GC, got me listening to you last week, and now I'm addicted. Oh, honey, yeah. We need somebody like you keeping it real in NYC. What? Sandy goes to the big city. Oh, my gosh. Imagine that. Um... Okay, something else on the computer's frozen. So he says, I really appreciate you and your influence in promoting tolerance and affecting change. All the best. And his name just happened to have been John. <laughs> so thank you, John. And then he, he, oh yeah, he did add a note at the bottom. You can't really see it. But he was like, and next time I'm there, can I get a mug? And I said, you know what, John? I will do you one better than that. I, he says, P.S., if those honey child mugs go for sale to the public, I will definitely be buying one. Well, we haven't started selling anything around here. We just give it away. Um, so I will definitely get you a honey child mug. And in fact, I'm going to be in Miami soon. So I say while I'm in Miami, I will um, just send you a mug. So I've said to him, send me your Addy in New York City and I'll get you a mug. And I'm supposed to be in New York, I think. Oh, gosh, coming up in October, I'll be there again. So I can either do it now from Miami, which is, eh, it doesn't matter. And I'll get you a nice honey chum mug. So thank you, John. Really appreciate that. Um, you know, you guys know where I stand on this. And I, I, I make zero apologies for my position. And I hope you guys understand um, you know, it's just one of those things. I've even had people, we've got our guests. I think we're waiting one more, so we'll pull them in here shortly. But I've even had people say to me, um, oh, you know, they, they go talking to my friends. Is Sandy like bisexual? Is she a lesbian? Like they're, they're curious as to why I'm so supportive of the LGBTQ plus community. And I'm thinking, are y'all a little bit crazy? <laughs> because just because you support a community doesn't mean that you have to be part of the community like that, right? I listen, I would feel the same way if this issue was about discriminating against people of color. Like to me, discrimination is discrimination. So you discriminate against someone based on, um, you know, their, their sex. I was reading something this morning about women physicians, what a hard time they have still with people, you know, degrading them just because they're women. Oh, you're, you're wearing, I can't take you seriously as a doctor because you, you've got makeup on. I mean, it's just ridiculous some of the prejudices that still exist in this world. And so we have to, um, you know, stamp all of that hatred out. So it really does not um, matter. Uh, Alejandra says, are you Sandy? 
Uh, no, I'm not. And, um, but if I were, I would, I would proudly say that I was a member of the community. I, I'm not, I have tons of friends that are. And so, you know, I think y'all just need to get over it and leave people alone, <laughs> quite frankly. You know, um, members of the LGBTQ plus community are just like everybody else. Amazing people, nice people, you know, some not so nice, some not so amazing. It just runs the gamut just like everybody else. It doesn't dictate every aspect of their lives. I think that they just um, don't want to be discriminated against and they want to have a right to live, um, you know, just like everybody else. So that's that's my thing. I'm like, just leave them alone. And so if I have to be a public voice for that, then it is what it is. I remember after we did, um, when the whole protesting was going on, right, um, about the the same, same sex unions and y'all up in arms about that. I was like, really? That's what y'all want to go and protest in the streets about? Like, I, I'm so disappointed in K-Man because some of the issues that we should be protesting about, honestly, you don't. Uh, good morning, not so hot. Says there's plenty of smoke in the air and no problems. Great show. Um, what kind of, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. <laughs> Romelia, good morning to you. Wishing you a blessed day as well. Miss Corrine is here joining us in West Bay. Charlotte from Scotland. Hello, Charlotte. Uh, Darko says Mario wasn't on the road this weekend. <laughs> Touche. That's funny. Well, now he can't drive. So if y'all see Mario driving, Mario Rankin, that is, call 911 forthwith because he should not legally be driving. Not because his court matter has been dealt with yet, but because he no longer has an insurance coverage. So don't, don't, don't take this lightly because if he runs into you, you know, no coverage means you won't be covered. You won't be able to call recover and get yourself sorted out. So um, Heath seems to think that drinking and driving is not a big deal but we could not disagree more. Um, thank you as well to, uh, there's a lady over the weekend who ran into a Jaguar at uh, one of the local grocery stores, put a little dent in it, yikes. But she messaged us in an attempt to locate the owner of said vehicle. So this was fantastic. Really, really um, appreciate her doing that. And I find that more and more somebody said to me, oh, they're doing it because they don't want to, they don't know somebody accidentally or not accidentally, they purposely recorded them. And then they're going to show up and see a marvel. I don't know. But you know, honesty is honesty. So I certainly appreciated her reaching out. These things happen. No one is a perfect driver. Sometimes you kind of overestimate. I mean, I'm so thankful for backup cameras in this day and age. Can I just tell you, I don't know how I can do now without a backup camera. Um, and whenever I get in somebody's car that doesn't have one, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I'm like double checking every side because the backup cameras make parking and reversing in a spot and backing up so easy to be able to see exactly where you're going from different angles. But yeah, you know, sometimes you, you kind of have a little accident and you fender bender, you hit somebody in the parking lot or whatever, somebody's car, just listen, leave your number on the, on the, um, on the, uh, windshield, you know, go inside the business, say, hey, this is what happened. Here's my information. If somebody comes in and asks. And so she did the right thing. So thank you, um, young lady, for doing so. Oh, Simon is in with Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Simon, I was waiting for you to show up separately. And now I see you there with Mark. So let's go ahead and uh, get our guests in the studio. We'll take a quick commercial break and then we'll bring them in right after this message. 
Have you completed and returned your business survey forms? The deadline for the annual business surveys is June 16, 2023. The surveys are confidential under the Statistics Act and exempt from the Freedom of Information Act. Your response matters. Do your part. Fill out and return your forms to the Economics and Statistics Office. For assistance in completing the forms or for more information, visit www.eso.ky or call 244-4676 or 244-4600. All right. So thank you so much. Gigi says we're all one family and we need to love each other. Absolutely. And uh, I'm going to tell you guys what I was doing this week. I actually had an opportunity to go and visit the um, the old timers came in group. Um, f- uh, listen, I spent my Saturday with 80 year olds and 86, 87 year olds. I mean, I felt so privileged to be able to do that. And so we'll bring you some of that footage as part of our ongoing series on Cayman Voices. So make sure that you guys definitely stay tuned for that. It was fantastic to hear these people talk about stuff that, of course, I have no recollection of, no knowledge of, because that's way before my time. Um, it's just really a history lesson every single time I go to their event. And if you have an elderly member of your community, uh, please know that they are free to come out. I'll give you guys some details about it a little bit later on. But yeah, they're free to go out and, uh, and join. So we have uh, in the studio this morning some guests. You know, We're going to be talking about hurricane preparedness. This is really an important topic, of course, because this is hurricane season. It started June the 1st, which was last week, Thursday, I believe. And, um, you know, already we can see some systems developing, nothing really directly impacting us, but we've had a bit of rain in the area. And so we know, I think, in our hearts that um, you cannot, I don't know if there's such a thing as over-preparing, because you just don't know what's coming. So let's go ahead and invite some of our guests in. First, we've got uh, Madam Jennifer Ahern. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us on this morning. Happy Monday. Yes, happy Monday. So um, Jennifer is Chief Officer from the Ministry um, of, oh gosh, Sustainability and Climate Resiliency. Yes, and Climate Resilience. Thank you so much. Um, So we're going to be speaking to her on a number of topics uh, this morning as well. We also have Mark, and I believe, um, Jennifer, this is actually your first time on the program. So a special warm welcome to you and all of our CMR listeners. We're happy to have you here, of course. We've got Mark Cuddling, uh, I believe is the correct name, and he's the Flood Centers Project Sheltering and Emergencies Notification Manager. That's a mouthful. <laughs> That's a mouthful. That's a mouthful. It's really a hazard mitigation specialist, to keep it simple. We'll say that once more for me. Hazard mitigation specialist. Hazard mitigation specialist. There we go. All right. And he is being joined by Simon in the background there and we've had uh, both of them i think simon you've been on the program before have you yes yeah. i've been on before and last, i'm glad to be year. here again thank you yes perfect and of course everybody knows that hurricane season is here and one of the things that we um, really pride ourselves on doing it at uh, cayman mall road and, and on this program is anytime there is a, a hurricane watch warning storm we're going to be here with you and we're going to ride out the entire storm online with you as much as possible bringing you updates and making sure you're aware of all the different notifications um, that are taking place across the island. So we've done a couple, you know, normally Kevin Wattler, uh, in a previous life, he was a weatherman over at Cayman 27, and he always jumps in on the program and we just try to keep it going because we know during a storm, we all like a little bit of company and why not? And uh, so we bring that, that special for you every single year. So we do have Shamal Clark, 
who is also joining us this morning. So good morning to you, Shamal. And Shamal is the um, NOAA Storm Surge model. Well, that's what he's going to be talking about. Give us your title, um, Shamal. Good morning, everyone. Um, so I'm a forecaster with the National Weather Service. Got it, forecaster. Well, we definitely want to hear what you. Not got. as complicated as Mark, no. <laughs> okay, all right. Sounds fantastic. So let's let's begin, uh, Jennifer, with you first this morning. So you know you're here representing the ministry. Of course, when we think of things like, you know, hurricanes, and we see every single year, I swear they come up with a list of okay, this hurricane season is predicted to be you know the worst we've had in X number of years. Um, more storms than usual. And so they always do these projections. We're always thankful and we say a little prayer when the projections are a little bit off. So we might not have as many storms as they predicted. I think last year was a little bit of a slower season. We'll get into some of the weather details here in a second. But a lot of us are not thinking, and we should be, climate change, you know, climate resilience. All of these are kind of like new terms to some of us. But it's really, really important that we understand there's a much bigger and broader um, discussion here that has taken place around storms and weather systems. So from the ministry's perspective, uh, what is the ministry most concerned about during hurricane season? What areas are you focusing on? Well, like every season, I think the key message to everyone is to just be prepared you know, listen to the, the experts that we have online today. In particular, we've got the Weather Services and Hazard Management. Both of those agencies have some great information available to the public, um, particularly hazard management. Preparedness is really, really key. One of the things that we're that projecting to experience with climate change is um, rapid intensification of storms happening more frequently, which means that we'll have less time to respond when these things happen. So it's really, really important that everyone takes the time to familiarize themselves with the steps they can take for preparedness mm -hmm. and actually takes those steps to become more prepared. And of course, just monitor all of the official channels, stay tuned to the weather services if an event is coming, hazard management also pushes out some great information and just have a plan. Know as a family what your plan is going to be if the weather is coming, if things are going to impact us and be ready to execute that plan. Mm -hmm. Right, now there are some specific um, areas of concern and we do have um, some video clips that we're gonna play this morning from both the premier and the governor who issued uh, on last week their sort of hurricane messages, hurricane preparedness message. Um, there are some specific areas though that we know are problem areas. So for example, the North Sound Estates area, um, there's a Savannah Gully. You know, is there anything that you're aware of that is being taken in terms of mitigation for this upcoming hurricane season specific to those? Yeah, thank you for that question. Awesome question there. Mm -hmm. Actually, we are engaging in an initiative um, we started the work, groundwork, essentially, just to break it down for the audience. Yes. We're implementing what we call flood sensors. So oh. we have Savannah Gully as one of the areas earmarked, as well as looking at Randike as well. The, the key thing is early warning is one of the um, objectives we're trying to achieve. So if we can inform the public ahead of time, in particularly if there's rising water. So with this system we are putting in place, we're actually at the stage we're doing the design. So we're taking a series of engineering joints we work closely with a series of stakeholders, and that's very important. Uh, okay. We're not working in silos, so we work across ministry. 
So we're working as closely with um, the Ministry of, of PI, um, in particular NRA, uh, Department of Environment, of course, our colleagues from WEDA, mm-hmm. our, our key stakeholders, and Water Authority. So what we're trying to do is really pull in the stakeholders who understand, and of course, one of the engagement we have started so far, especially in Randaikan, is talking with the community and engaging them because the community plays a critical role. They understand the risk, they experience it, and with their shared experiences, we're trying to design properly and, and implement these systems, whereby we, in real time, we are able to see the rising water, but in particular, we are able to inform the public ahead of time. Mm. Wow. So this sounds interesting. Is this new technology? Can you tell us a little bit about what these flood sensors are? Yeah, so essentially, I mean, if you the term itself, IoT, Internet of Things, or phones, all of these devices are able to transmit information, right? Yeah. And what we are trying to do is essentially, the system itself has a, has a what we call a, a cell modem. So we are able to, to basically transmit information. So it measures the water level. There are several ways of doing it, but in simple terms, we use a pressure sensor. So it, it, it measures the change in temperature and then from, I mean, pressure, and from that is able to ascertain the height of the water. Mm-hmm. So these devices will be placed pretty much um, in the ground, several mm-hmm. feet in the ground. And actually, we'll have these mounted on very robust infrastructure. And the good thing about it with our ministry, we are pushing towards green um, initiative. So a big part of this will be solar powered. So in terms of public community concern of, of ensuring that there's no usage of actual um on the grid itself it, it actually gives a long battery power so even in, in in the times when we are out of power this device is able to collect information use a small amount of power itself uh-huh. and the information transmitted is in kilobytes it's, it's pretty smart and that information we're able to share it with our first responders as well as weather service uh-huh. and we're looking more in terms of long-term planning what is the impact so if we're to give a scenario if there's a particular rainfall event we could say rainfall x contributes to this amount of of water or flood depth that that type of scenario so it gives us the ability to really collect data as you know with the advent of ai if you collect a a lot more information we're able to undertake um modeling and have also incorporating our forecasting so it's really looking at the future of where we want to go um in terms of entities and the ministry and as cayman islands i think on the cutting edge I think there are a few countries who are implementing this. We are seeing a few solutions like in Belize, but in terms of what we're doing in Cayman, it's, it's pretty much groundbreaking work. And I think this initiative can really become what we call like a, a prototype or our best practices we could, we, we could spread to our other overseas territories. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations on that. So that sounds wonderful. Um, Simon, you know, you're organizing um, obviously a lot of educational components. So I know last year, you do the the annual preparedness booklet. Will that be available again for people to pick up at various locations throughout the island? Yes, thank you, Sandra, for that. Uh, yes, we are. We're going to be still using um, our existing. We've got a few boxes left of the uh, the last booklet, so we will be updating it. But we've got quite a few left, and we will have them in the lobby. And whenever we go to events, we we bring them along, and we have a children's booklet as well. But earlier you were speaking, uh, Sandra, about your um, involvement with our seniors uh, over over the weekend. And in fact, we're embarking um, on a series of presentations for caregivers Mm -hmm. starting actually on on June 8th in a few days at Jasmine. And it's for sort of people in West Bay and Georgetown. We're going to be going district to district 
but we recognize as as we age our ability to smell and hear and see and and even touch and feel um you know we get less steady on our feet and and the and when we have um hurricanes um you know we may lose power so you know there's a possibility people could be eating food that isn't still fresh they can't smell that it's not not good anymore um and we really want to make sure that the continuity of care for our seniors our elderly continues through a hurricane um impact phase that they don't sit there in their own homes or whatever on their own um for days without any sort of support so every district we're going to be going we're going to be having some refreshments we're going to be giving certificates to all the uh, caregivers to come out and then the next one is actually yeah 6 30 on june 8th at um jasmine and it's free and uh but yeah getting the word out is critical um you know not just for our seniors but the people that don't speak uh, English as their first language. We know we have people from all over the world working in Cayman and uh, tourists and, and visitors. And so, yeah, it's there's a lot of challenges to it. But, um, you know, we come out and give presentations really to anybody uh, at day, at night, even if they want us to come in the evenings or weekends. Um, anyone, uh, churches, uh, businesses, government agencies, um, NGOs, um, yeah, and obviously our website, things like came out and prepared, our yeah. Facebook, and opportunities like being on your radio show with your thousands of listeners. So we appreciate that, Sandra. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, the program that you're talking about in relation to the seniors, it's actually mm. like a training program for the caregivers? Yes. Um, you know, quite often they are, you know, they're, they're completely really on the front line um, with, the elderly person mm -hmm. so you know we recognize that um you know people need at least three four days of food to get through a hurricane um we also want to make sure that the caregivers themselves are writing out hurricanes in safe locations we recognize that some seniors are you know somewhat um maybe feel a little bit of shame going to to a shelter, say if they're they're wearing adult diapers or something like that. So we're trying to work on improving um, the areas of privacy. Obviously, we have to maximize the amount of space to get as many people in as possible. Um, but we're also looking at um, you know providing transportation through the NEOC. Once the NEOC is activated, again with our stakeholders. Um, recognizing some seniors may not want to go to a shelter, but could go to a family member or a friend's house that is strong and, and robust and up high enough to be safe from the waves and, uh, of course, storm surge. So we're going to be looking at uh, working with um, uh, the emergency medical services and, and HSA to try to get people to other locations, not to shelter, just to shelters. So that's going to be something you'll probably hear more about when we're in the activation phase, when a, a storm or hurricane is threatening. But we certainly, there's some evidence to show that elderly people don't do as well um, in disasters. Obviously, they don't have incomes um, and, and they don't want to add to the burden of their family members often. So if their homes are damaged, often they, they, they're just sort of struggling along in, in the, um, without electricity. Uh, even a bag of ice for an old elderly person is, is a heavy thing to get back to their home to keep their supplies cool. 
putting up shutters, all these things are much more challenging as we age. So we recognize we need to try to do as much as we can. So the caregivers, we recognize are very critical to that because, um, you know, they can really make a difference to make sure that um, the elderly people, our seniors in Cayman get through. Very good. And what other vulnerable groups other than our seniors? Um, you know, we were talking about earlier animals, for example, mm. livestock. Um, you know, I'm sure children probably fall into a, a vulnerable group, anybody with special needs. So people need to start thinking ahead of how to deal with like, what's the contingency plan? If you do have pets, you know, do you know where the shelters are that actually accept pets and so on? So let's talk about some of those other um, sort of vulnerable groups as well. Okay, thank you, Sandra. So, yes, government does does provide the shelters, but um, what we saw in past events too is, um, you know, some of the the shelters are actually serve as schools as well. So when we have really big impacts, um, you know, children are going. Sometimes their schooling is interrupted. I think on average it was forty days. Obviously, in Hurricane Ivan, yeah. So we are a bit more robust, but we recognize the burden falls very much on single parents. Often, they're, you know, they're struggling to put the, the home back together if it's damaged, as well as trying to stay employed, bringing in their income, and then trying to look after the children as well. Um, you know, it's a very stressful environment. And I think, um, you know, our director, Danny Coleman, has recognized too that there's mental health components associated with disasters. And has tried to step up there. Uh, I think all of us were a little bit uh, sort of that post-traumatic stress or whatever after after a, a major impact. So, <clears throat> but I think um, you know, obviously, tourists. Uh, we saw even after Grace, a number of tourists wanted to get off the island, but I think they had a couple of thousand who didn't get off. And uh, um, you know, it's it's difficult sometimes getting the message to them, but we have a very effective group called the Joint Communications Service, and it worked very well in um, the pandemic. Um, and it's a number of government communicators come together, speak with one voice. Tourism is, is obviously represented on that too, and you know they uh, they have mechanisms in place to get to all the hotels, the Airbnb owners, and and things before a hurricane. Um, but yeah, there's um, many, many uh, groups of the foreign nationals. Obviously, some people consume information differently. So we use the consular agencies sometimes to get through to, um, I don't know, um, you know, some some people, some uh, maybe the Filipinos aren't reading Compass or, or going on cold hard truth. I'm sure they are. But, you know, just to be on the safe side, we go through, you know, the consular representative because sometimes they have male groups and so on, but we try to get to everybody. And then and to the point where we actually had a, a vehicle in the, in the pandemic with a bullhorn on the back of it, <laughs> going through the communities. Mm. But uh, it's, it's not always, um, it's not always easy, but um, we always talk about the mile road and where it does get around <laughs> one way or another. Mm -hmm. All right, 9362626, if anyone has a question, for a guest this morning, of course, the phone lines are open. We do have a question that has come in uh, via WhatsApp. This person says, good morning, Sandy. Can you ask your guests what are the plans for updating the emergency notifications app to make it more user-friendly? Um, hmm, okay. 
Have you had any complaints about the app not being user-friendly? Yeah, so one of the things, and let me just kind of break it down a bit. So with the app itself, um, unlike the typical- and Before we, let's assume that maybe some listeners don't know what the app is. So okay, sure, 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 no problem. So the notification app, or what we call the NEMS, National Emergency Notification mm -hmm. um, System, the app itself allows you to receive um, a series of information, but in particular, we focus on the app. Also, we have the SMS email as well. But the big push is really the app. So with the app itself, the, there are four key steps. And I think what we're trying to emphasize to users mm -hmm. is that on the, unlike a typical app in which you download and, and, and you receive, okay, I've done this app and it's working. This app has what we call a push notification. So there has to be a back end where the email or some um, registration is linked to the particular um, app, app or user. So in, in that case, it has to be a verification process. Because what we are trying to do is not allow what we call dummy users on the system, right? So if persons who are trying to push, for example, fake telephone numbers and so forth, we're able to have that system in place. So the email is really used as a verification. So one of the key steps is really ensuring that you register via the website. And there's a section that speaks to the whole data privacy. It's very important, which, you, which persons need to ensure that they, that they think and submit. Once you're registered to the system, it asks you to verify your email address. And once you do that, it will it will therefore ask you to input the HMCI code, which is HMCI, which is what they call the um, organization code. And then from there, you'll be connected. As I said, it's a particular app really used for several different entities across the world, in particular in the US. But the, the whole idea, basically, we're, we're working with the vendors as well to make the steps much easier. Instead of having four steps, we could have two or three. But, but the idea is the whole aspect of security and ensuring that there's a authentication of users to the system. So that one's the basis why um, persons may find it challenging at time. But if you have any concerns, we always have our lines open and our email address is at is NENS, that's N-E-N-S at gov.ky. We have a support line to help persons walk through. And, and I'm very happy you gave to this audience as well. We are going to do a, another marketing campaign about the app as well, we're pushing to persons and really engaging in sessions like these in terms of one-on-one -on -one sessions, different community groups work at our, for example, our community emergency response teams. And that, that's very critical as well, you know, reach to the communities. And if you have any questions, we're always open to you know, serving needs of the community. Mm -hmm. All right, very good. So hopefully that uh, answers that question. Everybody's saying good morning. Damaris joining us in New York. Ms. Charlene um, saying good morning to Simon and everybody else. Um, so let's talk about what the projections are for this year. Um, I think, Shamal, you can probably help us with this one. What are we looking at? Is this going to be a more um, active hurricane season? How many name storms are they predicting for uh, 2023? All right. Good morning again, everyone. Um, so right now, the, the conversation is that it's supposed to be an average or just below average season. And it's just banking on the fact that they're anticipating a transition to an El Nino year. Now, the interesting thing about that is, and you know, I caution persons with, with taking that information to say, there's also the fact of warm sea surface temperatures in the Atlantic, and it's fairly warm. So if even if we have an El Nino year, the chances are if it's not strong enough, then the warm sea, sea surface temperatures will win. So 
Uh, I know Noah went on a little bit of a caution side in saying 12 to 17 name storm possible. And they had a 40% chance of average and 30% above or below average. And I think the reason for the caution has to do a lot with uh, the warm sea surface temperature as well as the strength of the El Nino. So while that is the conversation, I will just tell persons, you know, treat it as any other season, whether or not it's an active season or not, because at the end of the day, regardless of the activity, it could only be one. And even if we have one, if we're unfortunate to be in the path of that one, then, you know, things could go zero to 100 real fast. And then, you know, it's all downhill and, and we're probably having another eye of an event, which I'm sure most persons would not want. So at the end of the day, it's just to be up to date with the information, have your preparedness plan in place. I know HMCI has some nice tips on um, Cayman prepared. If not, I'm sure you could reach out to them directly to to have that um, information provided to you. In the interim, I do stress persons to rely on our information um, versus alternative source of information. And I know you do share information as well, so thank you for that. Uh, one of the things that we find is that when persons share alternative sources of information, it's not always accurate. And the persons who are you know, putting out the information aren't necessarily looking at the local um, effects. And again, there's no, um, what do you call it? responsibility if they're incorrect. They don't take necessarily a big blame if they're incorrect. So they don't really necessarily focus on that nitty gritty in terms of being completely accurate. Um, for us, when they look at it, they look at it from a global or a large scale um, point of view. Mm -hmm. right. The National Weather Service, we try to try and transfer that or at least translate that to a localized um, scenario. So you get your effects versus the North Coast, South Coast, East Coast, West Coast. You'll get that kind of dynamic in terms of storm surge um, I know Simon is excited for storm search and it's the data that we'll get in probably a couple of years. Um, it will definitely be a game changer in terms of um, the effects of storm search has um, during the Atlantic hurricane season. Um, but we try to estimate based on local knowledge and the information that we have on hand. Again, not every organization will do that, but we'll definitely cater our information for our customers or um, users at the end of the day and, and the, the, the persons in the Cayman Islands. So we do ask that if you're if you're tuning into alternative source of information, please do refer back to the National Weather Service. Um, and again, we might not rush to get our information out as fast as the others, but it's not about the first to get it out, but it's the closest to accurate. We are more concerned about accuracy in terms of providing you with quality information so that you can prepare, you can respond um in the event of um, a tropical storm event or a hurricane scenario so again we're not rushing to beat the other person or the competitor or the other um you know persons out there again everybody with with internet and a smartphone and a camera knows an expert these days so um that's that's you know our bots but at the same time we want to stress the importance of relying on our person um, information okay very good and of course we already have a first name storm for the season arlene um you know came about last week didn't really is that what was dumping some of the rain on us as well no um she was a bit not arlene arlene was quite um timid to be honest with you and okay. um, i'm kind of in you know on the on the fence in terms of, of naming arlene um and i see the other area we mm -hmm. out in the northern atlantic that they're watching as well um as of this morning but we just had a a trough um signature that moved across the the caribbean so that's another point that i probably should mention to persons so 
with with the past few years, what we've realized is that persons don't necessarily take heed to just normal weather conditions. They'll be excited if if it's a trouble, even everybody is on it. However, there are several weather phenomena that could happen between now and let's say the end of November during the hurricane as a result of tropical disturbance or tropical wave and just a, you know not a normal depression that could simulate somewhat of a similar effect as a name storm. So the idea for us is that we're going to be putting out severe weather bulletin that does not necessarily quantify as a tropical storm watch or a warning. However, it can give you the same results. And to, to put it into perspective, um, and Mark is here uh, working on the IoT project, which is awesome. So let's say, for instance, Mark and his team recorded an inch of rainfall a couple of days before a tropical wave. And let's say the tropical wave did start to become a little bit um, organized into a disturbance. And you have gusty conditions of over 35 knots or so, which is essentially right in the tropical storm region, but it's a gust. And then you have rainfall total of probably another two inches. Then you have significant flooding. You could have damages due to wind. All that could happen in, in, a, in, a, in a case that is not necessarily a tropical storm. So the season is not just about tropical storms. So guys, don't just focus on the word tropical storm or hurricane. Please look out for severe weather bulletins as well this season. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, honestly, we've seen things like um, even, I don't know if technically they were tornadoes, but where they do touch down, um, they're out to sea and sometimes they might come inland for a little bit and touch down. And of course that can cause, um, you know, some damage to trees and, and other structures and stuff as well. So it's important to pay attention to these things. Um, Chief Officer Jennifer Ahern, of course, we know that you guys have some climate change policy meetings that are coming up. So can you give us a little bit more information on what those meetings are all about and how people can get a schedule so that they can make sure they attend and participate? Yeah, thanks. We're really excited to be out with a draft climate change policy and we are looking to get feedback from the public on that. We started our public meeting last weekend or the weekend before, not this past weekend, but the one before in the sister islands. And this week we start our meetings here in Grand Cayman. <clears throat> the first one is tomorrow night in West Bay, starting at 6 p.m. at Sir John A. Cumber Primary School. Oh. Wednesday afternoon between 3 and 5 p.m. We're having a session that's open to students, which will be at the UCCI multi-purpose hall, the Sir Vassal Johnson Hall. And then following that in the evening, same location at UCCI from 6 to 8 p.m. We'll be having a meeting for the public. In, on Thursday, we'll be in Bodentown at the Theoline McCoy Primary School. And then next week, Tuesday, we're in East End and Thursday, we're in Northside. So you can find out all about the policy and download it at www.gov.ky slash climate change policy. So you'll find the document there. You'll find the public meeting schedule. You can also follow our ministry on social media. Uh, we recently launched an, an Instagram page. We're on LinkedIn and we're also on Facebook. So please follow us there to get more updates. And if you have any other questions, you can email us at climate at gov.ky. All right, wonderful. So What's what's tell us the importance really of the climate change policy? What what's in it? What are we looking at um, potentially undertaken in this country? 
So the policy is going to provide a framework for us to move forward as a country to look at how we're going to respond to, to climate change and how we're going to adapt and prepare. And the vision that we have, the draft vision in the policy, is a climate resilient Cayman Islands that promotes and sustains vibrant communities, a thriving natural environment and a robust economy where people can live their best lives now and for future generations. And we've got three main goals that are proposed. One is to reduce Cayman's vulnerability and enhance our resiliency to climate changes. Two is to promote sustainable and low carbon economic activity. And three is to establish a governance framework for climate action, which is future focused, fair to all, accountable and transparent. And then we have a number of objectives under each of those goals. So it's really to help provide a framework for government going forward across government to make sure that we're having that future focus, we're taking some of these concerns into account. We're already seeing some of the effects of climate change. We have evidence that shows that we have got increasing temperature. We've got sea level rise that's been recorded as well. And also the changes that we're seeing in the weather pattern. So it's not something that's you know far, far off in the future. It's here and it's starting to happen. And we really need to make sure that we're taking the steps that we can to, to prepare. Now, here's something that's really, really interesting, um, just sort of a little, I guess, weather fact for you. Um, we actually had a subtropical storm that occurred in January. And mm -hmm. so there's some forecasters who are considering that to be um, the first cyclone of 2023 in the Atlantic Basin. So it didn't quite have a full name, but it was designated as, I think it's ALO 12023. Um, so it didn't quite receive the name Arlene, as we saw that one was named over the weekend. But um, they say that, you know, these subtropical activities are not um, unprecedented. They do happen. So this is where you have a storm outside of what is typically uh, the, the hurricane period. But January, having a storm in January is quite unusual uh, and quite rare. So something to always be mindful of is although we have a quote unquote you know, fixed hurricane season, you can have subtropical storms that start before that period or even after the end of the hurricane season as well. So it's important to remain vigilant at all times. And the more that we understand climate change and how it's impacting weather systems, um, I think these subtropical storms may become more frequent as well. Mm -hmm. So the prediction this year is um, to have a normal hurricane season so uh, we'll see how, how that works out for us. I mean, we're hoping uh, that it won't be anything severe. Now, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of Hurricane Ivan this year, I believe. Is that right? 2004. So is it 19 years or 20? I have this. 2024 is next year. So Next yeah. year. So it'll be 20. Yes, next year will be 20. Yeah. 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 But, I, I, but that's a great point you raised because I think a lot of people are either too young to really remember what yeah, it's yeah. like or we have lots yeah. of new people on it. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, so one of the things, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to, to, to get that point, as you said. So one of the things um, with the return period um, for major hurricanes, I believe it's somewhere in the, in the order 20, 25 years. Um, so if persons look at that, then you'll say, well, Cayman is overdue for one, um, technically based on a return period potentially. Um, but what I what I would like, um, and persons that are out there, media persons, um, the various media houses, definitely Sandra would ask this of you as well. Is there are persons on island, like Simon said, who've never experienced a tropical storm event before. 
and a lot of persons who have forgotten what they can do. Um, so earlier this year, I attended the, the, the National Hurricane Conference and they were talking about social sciences um, in meteorology. And one of the points they mentioned was that you probably can try to remind people when you when you're putting out messages remind persons with probably a video or a picture of, of what happened so um in the event we're talking about a a storm a tropical storm we could use a video from another um place or another scenario in the cayman islands a lot of times we, we try to bring it back home or use a scenario when we're talking to better give persons a visual indication of what to expect and not just say okay we're, we're going to have these conditions and then the other thing about the conditions that we, we start talking about the impacts not just the the, the weather um, elements um, rainfall and, and wind but what are the, the impacts that these systems will have and, and get more specific um, the guys from HMCI would talk about exposure and vulnerability and so forth and then we'll, we'll talk about um, hazard mitigation to, to reduce the risk associated with the hazards so um, all of those kind of conversations we need to have once, um, or you know, probably before, to be honest with you, before an event, we not we don't wait until the event is upon us, but we just, you know, we have those conversations ahead of time so that persons can actually reduce the risk associated with um, these tropical storm um, events. Yeah. Okay, great, very, very good. Yes. Sandra, thank you so much for having us on. And yeah, I mean, just looking back at it, I think, you know, we obviously are more resilient now, but, uh, you know, we have to remember that because of our low-lying nature, you know, on average, it's seven feet above sea level, uh, you know, and that's, again, why climate change with the rising sea is kind of such a threat. But, you know, nine, 19 years ago, when that happened, you know, two people died, 400 people were injured, the equivalent of 100 million vehicles, in, if it was in the U.S., were destroyed, about a third of all our vehicles were covered up with by the sea, 80% of the homes were damaged, you know, and had the water, the sea water come into them. And and it was startling for people. In many cases, you know, obviously the waves were impacting the, the homes along the shore, but people quite far inland, like a couple of miles inland, were, were, were experiencing, you know, eight, eight or 10 foot of water in some cases in their homes. And that's a threat for single story dwellings, not just along the shore, but uh, you know, in these inland in areas. So we constantly emphasize, you know, the importance of, of getting to somewhere safe before the impact from one of these events, but particularly if you're not sure that your home, home is strong enough. And it doesn't tend to just come in like a trickle when they, the wind blows the, the water ashore um, in your direction. The water level can come up very quickly and very fast within a matter of minutes. It can go from, you know, a, a garden with your grass and your car to several feet of water um, kind of coming up past your window. Uh -huh. So um, particularly, you know, <clears throat> if you've got children, elderly persons, these kinds of things, try to plan for this. The, the, the water may not be coming out of the tap. You may not have an electricity. Um, the supermarkets may not be open. Um, the gas stations may not be open. So if you can be ready in advance, do a little planning and preparedness. Right. Make sure you put shutters, um, water, non-perishable food, gas in your car, uh -huh. and so on. It can yeah. make a huge difference. A bit of planning. And and I mean, have your have your checklist. It's helpful to have that checklist and to go through it early yeah. and, and double yeah. check because I find even with the non-perishable foods, 
sometimes during the year somebody ate the can of whatever (laughs) and it's no longer there and you didn't realize that somebody in the household ate it or whatever so go through and make sure um that you check through and you see what you still have if you know things like batteries hopefully you haven't left them in in the uh what do we call them flashlights entire time because then they get corroded maybe they're not working you need to top up those things so um i think it's it's you know worth going through your list doing infrastructure checks around your home because things happen, Mm -hmm. things get older. And sometimes windows, for example, need to be sealed or resealed. I mean, we noticed during, I think it was the storm, one of the storms that we had last year that we had some of our windows, and this is a fairly new build, but some of the windows just were not sealed properly. So we Mm -hmm. need to do some reinforcement there because there's water actually coming through those. Um, You know, looking at the the foliage around your house, if you've got coconut trees, you know, those coconuts, Mm -hmm come flying projectiles during a storm. So you want to be in a position to shake them down and make sure that, especially during hurricane season, that, you know, you don't have those coconuts on the trees as much as you possibly can. Um, There's just so much to be done. But if you start early enough, every week, every other week, you kind of dedicate to looking at different aspects of your preparedness plan. You know, you've got dogs and children's and you've got to make sure you've got enough medication on hand always keep the gas tank as close to full as possible during hurricane season i know some of us like to drive on and empty during hurricane season that's really not a good idea but because normally by the time that you recognize that oh yeah i've got to get to the gas station there's like a two mile long you know uh line at the gas station so um water bottles make sure you have enough water there's just so much to think about, but I think that with adequate preparation, we can all be um, sufficiently prepared, right? And making sure you've got rechargeable devices that are charged up and ready to go so that, um, you know, you can have a little bit extra life on phones and those types of things. Uh, you know, we've supplied a lot of our listeners to the program with little portable radios now. Those are all rechargeable. Make sure that they're fully charged up going into any sort of a storm situation. So a few people in the comment section saying that they remember um, Hurricane Ivan, of course. Siobhan says that she does remember it. And uh, she says it wasn't anything fun. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of us. Um, but it, it's like any other traumatic event, because I think Ivan was a traumatic event. Over time, our memories fade. And although we know it wasn't a good event, a lot of us don't quite remember all the details of how bad it was, you know? And I think that's just the the mind's way of of sort of protecting us from from trauma. But um, that realization that another Ivan could happen again, or it doesn't even have to be an Ivan because we saw last year and the year before, we had storms that were like not even a hurricane that were ripping up trees. And it was just like, what on earth? How did this cause that much damage, right? So don't think just because, and I used to think this way. I was like, oh, when it gets to category three, I'll be concerned. But that's not the case um, anymore. Obviously, we've seen storms that were technically not hurricanes, but had you know, sufficient dust causing enough damage. Um, you know, and one, one good coconut tree falls on your roof and you've got a problem. So uh, be very, very vigilant, folks and make sure that you're on top of, of your hurricane preparedness. Um, Sandra, so- I've got a presentation at nine. I don't want you to rush off because you've got some amazing guests yeah. on there. But, uh, I just wanted to, to thank you. And uh, I appreciate what you said about keeping Kim and company with your show 
when an actual impact's coming because that's important yes too but yeah we do worry a bit also that people kind of anchor to their previous worst experience and can't really picture the possibility of anything else but yeah. you know getting back to miss jennifer's point with climate change we're seeing kind of a new normal um hurricane ian second uh, i think did over 50 billion dollars worth of damage in 2021 in florida obviously dorian 400 lives lost in in bahamas um yeah, yeah. and and Irma and maria and things like that so you know let's not get totally um let's not complacent. complacent and uh and i worry too a bit about the people in the brack who went through category four paloma which is was a very small wind field a radius of only seven miles of hurricane force winds and as shamal will tell you you know it's when you're in the sea if you push your hand through the water you you don't make a very big wave but when you get your whole arm out when you've got a big wind field that's when you get a lot of surge mm -hmm. um so it's these bigger systems that's ready and they don't have to be category five hurricanes to push water mm -hmm. but i just want to say thank you i'm sorry i've got a nip out i got a nine o'clock presentation but i yeah, really appreciate you yeah. thank you miss sandra and thank you shaman and miss jennifer all right beautiful just a few more comments and then we'll start to wrap things up here in any event so damien says remember now that we have close to eighty thousand residents compared to 2004 where the population is 50,000. So can we talk a little bit um, about, you know, that's a good consideration is the population is significantly larger. Um, how does that change your plans in terms of what government is doing um, and their contingencies? You know, I, I could take from, from, from our side, as of my friend, uh, a big challenge there obviously would be in terms of shelter. So the capacity over the years have increased and we are looking to increase it as well. I think that's one of the key concerns. Mm -hmm. um, the other aspect as it relates to you know, resources, food security, we are working with closely with various of stakeholders, in particular supermarkets, mm -hmm. you know, logistic food chain in terms of ensuring that we have adequate supplies on island. And that's one of the key areas. There's, I mean, in times of need, you know, food, clothing, shelter is one of the key areas that we had to tap into. So in terms of the population, numbers we would have also worked with our colleagues from the economic statistical office eso and they provide us this number so with these checks obviously every 10 years we do the population census but it gives us the ability to really do the planning not just for hmci from disaster preparedness but also from the other ministries with you this information um to make their various planning and strategies going ahead right very good so we have another Question here, um, Damien's asking, will there be international airlines from other countries on call ready to evacuate pre-hurricane and also after? So what are the options for people? You know, good thing about hurricanes, I suppose, is normally we get some sort of war warning. I mean, the yes. tone of, you know, exactly where it hits might, might not always be precise until it gets closer. But are there normally any options? I know Cayman Airways will put on additional flights in advance of a, of a storm if they can. Um, we do have, I think, more capacity now as well. But do other airlines normally get involved in assisting with this? So it's not my area of expertise, but I'm going to give you in terms of the action plan that we have in house. Uh, so essentially within our NEOC, we have a cluster, I would call it the ESD, Emergency Support Team, that focuses keenly on evacuation. So this is actually led by our colleagues out of the um, airport authority, as well as um, our colleagues from Cayman Airways as well. So there's an action plan in place. So as soon as there is a, we are issued a watch, um, they, that plan kicks in. And 
through the various media channels of obviously including yourself sandra as well we would publish information as in the steps to take so there is actually a team that focuses keenly on that area of, of ensuring that if persons wish to uh, if evacuation whether it be a charter flight as well so that could be facilitated this is the same obviously would have seen in terms of the pandemic you know would have seen such operations being taken place so essentially there's a game plan that's being led by a particular team all right. Very good. So, yeah, so I think, yes, I think, sorry, I was going to say, I think, you know, that's a good reminder for everybody. If, if plan A is to fly off, you need to have a plan B um, just in case you can't get off the island, in case things escalate too rapidly, in case, you know, I remember in Ivan, um, you know, people were talking about whether to go off or not. And then, you know, that Saturday morning we woke up and the 11 a.m. advisory had it coming straight at us and the airport was closed. So exactly. it was a complete change in the path. It wasn't, it was supposed to be going over Cayman Brack. So I think, you know, it's, it's important to have that plan to make sure that you have some contingencies built in around it, that if it is that your plan is to get on a plane and go off, that you do have something backed up behind that just in case you're not able to get off. I mean, the team at Cayman Airways and the Airports Authority, they do an incredible job um, when the time comes, but there's only so much they can do and they are constrained by if the weather conditions deteriorate. So, you know, and especially for some people who maybe are new to the islands, haven't been through a hurricane season before, talk to friends that have been through it, uh, make sure that you do take advantage of the information that hazard management has in terms of preparedness and do have a plan. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much um, to our guests this morning. Again, we had Ms. Jennifer Ahern from the Ministry of, um, oh gosh, Climate Resiliency and <laughs> you'll have to remind Sustainability. me. Sustainability and Climate Resiliency. Yes. Well, we'll get that name correct. I'm Shmuel Clark, also joined us, the forecaster, Mark Codling. Of course, we had Simon Boxall as well. Uh, we'll be speaking to um, sort of the technical experts, I'm sure, as the season progresses. Uh, sure. We've had a bit of rain. It looks like the skies have cleared up a little bit outside of my window anyway here in, in Lower Valley, Savannah area. But, you know, check uh, the weather forecast. Um, stay tuned again to all the official sites. We will share as we hear of anything that's happening in terms of weather alerts. We'll obviously share it to our audience as well. And we'll play the, uh, the sort of presentations from both the um, Premier and uh, Her Excellency um, Governor uh, Jean Owen as well, which was issued last week at the beginning of hurricane season. So folks, um, the key message is really just to be prepared. Uh, you know, there's no need to panic or anything of that sort, but preparation is key and uh, really knowing how to go about that. And there are lots of resources that are available uh, from government, from private sector, just make sure that you avail yourself of all of that information. So thank you guys so much for coming on the show this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Fantastic. Have a good one. All right, folks. Um, so let's hear some messages now from first, we'll start off with the one from Premier Panton. And then after that, we'll do um, Her Excellency Governor Jane Owen. Business starts today. The first. All right, let me just back that up once The second. 2023 Atlantic hurricane season starts today, the 1st of June, and will continue until the 30th of November. Over the next six months, every individual, family, business, and community in the Cayman Islands 
must take steps to be prepared, stay vigilant, and look out for one another in times of need. We are one year closer to the 20th anniversary of Hurricane Ivan, which devastated Grand Cayman in 2004. And later this year, we'll mark the 15th anniversary of Hurricane Paloma, which severely impacted our sister islands. But these so-called once-in-a-lifetime storms are becoming more frequent. Over the past five years, hurricanes like Harvey, Maria, Irma, Ida, and Ian have wreaked havoc across our region. Even when our islands are spared a direct hit, we feel the effects on our bank accounts as insurance premiums continue to rise. And our brush with grace in 2021 taught us that even a tropical storm can cause significant damage. Being prepared is one of the most important things we can do to protect our families, our friends, homes, and businesses during hurricane season. As the old saying goes, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So if you have not already done so, now is the time to stock up on emergency supplies and make sure you have a plan for your home or business. If you are new to our islands or need a reminder, the Hazard Management Cayman Islands website, caymanprepared.gov.ky has all the information and resources you need to prepare yourself, your family, your home or business for a severe weather event. I also encourage everyone to download the free National Emergency Notification System or NENS mobile app. The free NENS app allows hazard management to send emergency alerts straight to you by email, SMS text, or both. Log on to nens.gov.ky to learn more and download the app. The NENS app is a prime example of the many official sources of information you can safely rely on during an emergency situation. We know how easily misinformation can spread during times of uncertainty. During a hurricane or other emergency situation, it is vital that you monitor official sources of information, such as Radio Cayman, Cayman Islands Government TV, Hazard Management, the National Weather Service, and the main government website and social media pages. Following Hurricane Ian, we developed a new protocol for WhatsApp voice note messages so official messages can be shared via WhatsApp. We want to help you stay informed, especially when the situation is fluid and developing. But we need to make sure we are sharing verified updates. Misinformation, even if it is not shared intentionally, can waste time and resources and put lives at risk. Be vigilant, monitor official sources, and verify before you share. Although we often think of strong winds and rain as the most significant threats during a hurricane situation,
My apologies. Just one second. We've had to um, reload that video. So we're going to just re-add that back and try to... Voice it. note messages. Misinformation can spread during times of uncertainty. During a hurricane or other emergency situation, it is vital that you monitor official sources of information, such as Radio Cayman, uh, Cayman Islands Government TV, Hazard Management, the National Weather Service, and the main government website and social media pages. Following Hurricane Ian, we developed a new protocol for WhatsApp voice note messages, so official messages can be shared via WhatsApp. We want to help you stay informed, especially when the situation is fluid and developing. But we need to make sure we are sharing verified updates. Misinformation, even if it is not shared intentionally, can waste time and resources and put lives at risk. Be vigilant, monitor official sources, and verify before you share. Although we often think of strong winds and rain as the most significant threats during a hurricane situation, the sea can be especially treacherous. Even if your home is far away from the high crashing waves battering the coast, storm surge can cause severe, even life-threatening flooding up to hundreds of yards inland. It is important to know where the nearest hurricane shelter is to your home and have a proactive plan to evacuate your family from your home if you are at risk. As certain shelters have different guidelines for pets, for example, it is important to plan in advance. I want to thank the many shelter volunteers who go through special training to ensure these essential facilities are available to provide safe shelter during an emergency. I'm happy to announce that by the time we reach peak hurricane season in September this year, Hazard Management is planning to have thousands of additional shelter spaces available. I'm also pleased to confirm that the Kernigoma's Doppler radar has been restored to full working order ahead of hurricane season. In addition to the radar, which allows the weather service and the public to monitor meteorological conditions as far away as Jamaica, the weather service also uses the Cayman Islands goes our satellite system to monitor and track weather systems further afield. The government recognizes that efforts to increase short and medium-term readiness must be combined with longer-term measures to enhance national resilience. Earlier this year, the Cayman Islands government published the first Cayman Islands climate change risk assessment, the most comprehensive review of climate risks and opportunities to the Cayman Islands undertaken to date. We cannot keep ignoring the risks of climate change to our communities, our economy, or our environment. Based on local, regional, and global data, we know that there is strong evidence for an increase in the frequency and intensity of tropical cyclones since the 1970s in the North Atlantic. And projections suggest that strong hurricanes will become more common in the Caribbean. And this is just one of the climate change impacts 
our islands are facing. Local tide gauge data show sea level is rising. Local rainfall data suggests fewer but more severe rain events. Local temperature data shows our islands are about 2.2 degrees Celsius hotter than they were 40 years ago. The anecdotal evidence confirms these data points. Based on a survey the Ministry of Sustainability and Climate Resiliency conducted last year, the majority of local residents reported noticing changes to local temperatures, rain patterns, storms, and coastal erosion. Climate change is not a distant projection. It is our reality. We are living with it now. As part of our efforts to ensure our country can continue to sustain future generations of Caymanians, the government recently launched the draft Cayman Islands climate change policy for public consultation. The policy includes three overarching goals, seven policy objectives, and more than 100 strategies designed to help ensure vibrant communities, a thriving natural environment, and a robust economy for current and future generations. To learn more, please visit gov.ky slash climate change policy. At the beginning of this message, I urged you to be prepared, to stay vigilant, and to look out for one another. Community creates country. And in times of uncertainty, we need strong, healthy, and resilient communities more than ever. So, Cayman, let's be prepared. Let's get our emergency supplies together. And let's encourage our family, friends, and neighbors to do the same. Let's stay vigilant, monitoring official sources and verifying information before we pass it along. And let's look out for one another. Do not wait until after a disaster has struck to meet your neighbors or find, to find out who in the community, in terms of elderly, disabled, or vulnerable people, um, might need help. The only way we can get through hurricane season safely is if we work together. Thank you and God bless these wonderful Cayman Islands. Hello everyone. The start of the 2023 hurricane season is fast approaching, so I wanted to add my voice to the many others you'll be hearing, reminding us of the importance of preparing well for this unpredictable time of year. The long-term weather forecast suggests that this will be a near-average season, and that means that a tropical storm or hurricane could affect Cayman and disrupt our normal way of life. Reflecting on 2022 and seeing just how close devastating Hurricane Ian came to our shores, it's easy to see why this is really important. To help us prepare, we all need to understand the risks associated with hurricanes. There can be strong winds and heavy rain, but also high crashing waves and the potential for storm surge. 
Storm surge is a rise in the level of the sea, which happens as storm winds push water forward. It can cause flooding, especially in low-lying areas. Once we understand just how much damage hurricanes can do, we can make a better plan to protect ourselves and our families. As a minimum, it's important for us all to think about which room in our house is the safest place during a storm. And if we are concerned that no place is safe, we need to know which shelter we would use. We need to stock up on non-perishable food and fresh water, enough for about a week for every family member. And I'm trying to remember Benji, my dog, so please don't forget your pets as well. Check on your torches and make sure that you have a good supply of batteries. And most importantly, we must all listen to the advice of the experts in hazard management Cayman Islands. This is my first hurricane season, so I'm doing all I can to prepare for every eventuality. For more information, please go to the excellent website Cayman Prepared, which you can see on this screen. Let's all stay safe. Thank you. All right, folks, um, again, some key messages there um, regarding uh, hurricane uh, season. So just be vigilant, folks. It's here and uh, we should all be taking this time now to prepare. So we had a little bit of rain, obviously, over the weekend, um, you know, bringing up mosquitoes and crabs. And so those of you who are out uh, crabbing, um, please be safe on the roadways as well. Uh, it's really, really important because we've known over the years that some people have gotten, you know, hit by cars, don't go out there wearing dark clothing. Um, I think a, a couple of people have even been killed, sadly, as a result, result of them going out there crabbing and not being visible to cars, or even sometimes you're being visible to cars and they're speeding like maniacs on the roadway and crashing into any and everything. So we're also asking drivers to please know that this time of year that sometimes people are out People take their kids with them. They're out there with buckets and um, you just need to slow down. There's nowhere on this island that you should be getting to in such a hurry uh, that you end up crashing. So slow down and take your time. You know, I think I might, might have mentioned this on Friday's show, but we had an incident in our neighborhood um, in the lower valley area where unfortunately one of the neighborhood dogs actually um, got killed because somebody was speeding through the area and of course didn't stop, which is very, very sad after they killed um, this poor family pet. And, you know, the kids in the house are just devastated by the loss of, um, of their little dog. So I want to encourage you guys to just slow down. I mean, there's nothing wrong with driving slow, slower at the very minimum. Um, thanks for the reminder. Gabby says to please leave the small crabs alone. So, yes, I mean, you know, a lot of them are getting ran over already. I've seen a couple just this morning when I was walking Zeus. They're getting ran over. I try to avoid them. I don't purposely run them over because they can puncture your tire. So I personally try to avoid them as well. But you know what I mean? Just, ugh. yeah, scoot around them if you can. Um, the small ones, you know, let them live a couple more seasons until they uh, they get bigger. 
So land crabs are really, really big thing. Denver, good morning. Says, um, if this man paid as much attention to the Cayman Islands and the indigenous Caymanians as he pays to climate change and what he is not in control of, we'd be much better off. Um, you'd have to give some specific examples, uh, but I think, and I'm going to say this, and you know, I keep saying it, one of the ongoing issues I think with this government is really um, around their messaging. This premier is not just, I mean, it's the first time we've had a climate resiliency and climate change ministry, but that's not all that he's responsible for. In fact, he's taken over um, deputy premier, the former deputy premier's um, responsibilities, a part of his responsibilities in terms of now the ministry of finance and stuff as well. So there's quite a bit that he's responsible for, but I don't know why people just hyper-focus. I guess because it's the first time you're hearing that message. So maybe it's sticking in your head because it's new. And there is a lot of, you know, they're trying to get the climate change, um, uh, you know, policy in place. So there's a lot of new firsts and things that you've never heard before. But Denver, in all fairness to him, um, I do not believe that that is the, the only thing that he's focused on. He's been on this show and he's been talking about they've got a um, task force set up for housing. They've got one for the minimum wage. And so there's lots of other things that are actually being worked on. So you've got to make sure that, you know, um, you're at least aware. I mean, I think they could always improve on their messaging, uh, but that's not my that's not my job. So we give them all an opportunity to certainly come here on the program and discuss these things. Um, there's also the new sexual harassment policy. That's a first. I know some of you who are not impacted by sexual harassment might not care about those things. But remember, over 50% of the population are women. And men can be subjects, uh, victims of sexual harassment as well. But this is something that we have been talking about for 20 plus years. And nothing has ever been done about it. So um, once again, you know, finally, something is going to happen there. So we are certainly very, very thankful for that. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Alejandro says that climate change is a scam. Oh, Alejandro, my goodness, what a hot mess. All right. So let's talk about a bit of breaking news that we're receiving um, this morning. I saw that... Um, uh, I saw that um, we had Parmelie in the comment section giving us a bit of an update, which I, I am shocked to hear um, that one of her favorite listeners, uh, she's a top fan for sure, always tuned in every single morning to the program. And, um, you know, I haven't verified this, but Carmelie, you know, says that her Windsor Park source have informed her that Miss Vernita actually um is not well so um carmely where's your message she says one of your top fans was found unconscious yesterday her prayers got to her and her family so uh miss vernita is someone that um you know is a fan to the show she's always listening and funny enough she does tend to message me quite often and now that Carmelie has said that, I went back and looked at my messages. Uh, I have actually not heard from her since it looks like um, it looks like Friday. So uh, she didn't really mention. Sometimes she sends me very long voice notes. I must admit that I don't always um, have the time to listen to all of them. 
But yeah, Friday morning, she sent me a message saying, have an awesome day. And normally, you know, she does kind of message quite often, sometimes almost every day. So I didn't really hear from her over the weekend. She's also a customer of mine. Um, but it's not unusual maybe to go a couple of days and not hear from her. So I'm very, very sad um, to hear about this. And um, I'm understanding that she might actually be in a coma. But I'm hoping um, that this is, you know, something that they can, the medical experts can actually, um, you know, do something about. I don't know. I'm not really sure how serious the situation is. Ay, ay, ay. Um, so Denver clarifies, he says, not saying that that's the only thing he's focused on. Just say, hear from many people voicing same opinion. Uh, I'm not sure. You're saying that, oh, other people are sharing your opinion, that you're not hearing what else he's working on? You know, comes down to public relations. Um, that's, that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. hmm. I, Listen, I, I, Denver, I certainly have given uh, more on a more than one occasion feedback and improvements that can be made in that regard. And like I said, it's not really government communications isn't my job. Um, I see a lot of gaps and I see a lot of things that could be done better. And really and truly, that's a matter, matter for the civil servants. The civil servants run government communications. Yeah. That's their job and their responsibility. And so the premier and other government officials rely on them to get their messaging out there. It's kind of a bit of an interesting relationship because when you think about it, it is, um, you know, uh, political messages sometimes, but it's, it's government stuff as well. And they rely on a government agency to help them coach their messaging in a way that's effective and reaches the most people. Let me ask you a question, Denver. Until I played those two segments this morning, those two messages from, they've been out now from the 1st of June, hurricane season started. So that's four days ago, uh, Thursday. Did you hear either one of those? I'm just curious because I think, again, there is a, <laughs> there's a lot that happens um, and that doesn't happen when it comes to this, this disseminating of government information. And, you know, right now I could show you something that would really knock your socks off. Um, again, about inefficiency of messaging, you know, people, I think sometimes like there are times that I don't even want to talk about it, Denver, to be honest, because I don't want people thinking that I'm trying to tell them how to do their job, you know, cause I'm really, maybe I am, <laughs> but you know, I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to help the government, but see, he says, first time I'm hearing these messages. And imagine if I decided not to play them this morning for whatever reason, you probably would not have heard them at all. Uh, right now, Governor Jane Owen is on off the record with, um, or uh, Connor, there's two people on Facebook watching that, two people. I don't know what the governor's talking about, but I'm sure her messaging might be kind of important. And there are only two people watching it. Now to be fair to them, they have a YouTube channel on YouTube, um, he probably has maybe 15, 20 people at the most. 
So 25 people watching the governor right now. I throw my hands up and I'm sure she'll go and make the rounds to other people. But um, I was also looking this morning at uh, somebody sent me, um, what's her name? Uh, Speaker of the House. Um, she apparently was on and she only, she has less than a hundred views. I think it was 99 people watched her on another show. Listen, if these people don't know how to reach y'all with their messaging, you know, I'm not hired to do that job. And so I can only tell you that um, they will understand how important communications is come around the next election and going forward. And this isn't even about the election. This is about government, core government, getting on board with how to reach people in this day and age. This is 2023. Having these community meetings, for example, for this, um, the, uh, what's, it, what's it being called? The border, um, the, oh gosh, the, they're trying to redo the electoral um, commission, right? And they're considering redoing some of the borders, whatever. That's really an important discussion. I can't tell you how that could change districts. It's going to make some districts bigger. It's going to, you know, some districts like, say, for example, breakers might actually become part of East End. Um, it's going to push the boundaries out. And 99.9% .9 of you haven't been to any of those meetings. You don't know what's going on. You haven't heard any messaging about it. Just last week, I had civil servants reaching out to me. When I heard that it was happening, the very first meeting that they had, which they did have on Zoom, I attempted to bring that on our platform, the connection was so poor that unfortunately I could not even do it. I did my best. It was just the internet was poor, the connection was poor, and there wasn't anything that I could do. So you guys don't know what's going on. You're not hearing the messaging and they're not, they're certainly not coming on this platform. We've messaged them. We've reached out on numerous occasions to say, hey, can we have them come on, explain what this is all about? We've got civil servants, <laughs> private sector. Everybody's asking Sandy, what is this? I don't understand it. What does it mean? And, you know, it's just not happening. Caller, good morning and welcome to the program. Morning. Yes, sir. Good morning. And in a lot of instances, politicians will do things in a certain way just to check a box to say, well, we did that. Mm -hmm. Just to give the veneer of democracy so that they can move on with what they want to do. And I, I think it's really sad that, you know, people don't take the interest in understanding, for example, just take the Boundaries Commission meeting. They don't take that serious enough to be involved in it. Well, can I, and, can I put it to you this way, Denny? And I think this is the point that I'm trying to make here this morning. The way in, in which people used to engage 20 years ago with government going out to meetings is no longer how the yeah. average person engages. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. I don't. I don't have an issue with what mm -hmm. you said in relation to that. That's that's correct. Um, the but, but but what the problem is, right, is that uh, uh, someone somewhere had to have heard about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you hear about something that's really important that's happening, like let me give you an example. The average person might be quick to share a certain type of joke mm -hmm. by messenger mm -hmm. because, well, <laughs> that gets their interests for whatever reason. 
but the same thing doesn't happen with important subjects like boundary commission. And even if even if the government didn't do a good job of um, uh, spreading the word, why isn't it that people who take an interest in these issues don't spread the word? Well, let me use myself as an example. I'm interested in this topic. I want to learn more. I would love to be able to spread the word, but I don't have the information. So I need the gov- I need the the electoral boundaries commission, whoever they are to actually come on the program and educate both me and the general public. So it's not for lack of not wanting to share the information, but if I don't have the information, I mean, I think they might've sent out a press release and I keep telling them that the vast majority of people don't read. That's that's another way of making sure that you hide information from people, put it in a book, <laughs> put it in a press release. Um, well, I did, I did hear you raise it before. So you, you did put it on the radar, but but so the public is, hearing you uh highlight something Mm -hmm. that is that is important but takes no interest it's 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 like the way i see it is that the public wants to go out on the let's say out on a 12 mile bank Mm -hmm. and they want to go fishing right and fishing is their goal so that's what they're focused on Mm -hmm. they're not focused on the fact that you need a stable platform upon which to fish okay Mm -hmm. What's undermining that platform is a leak. It's being ignored. It's, yeah, it's not as, that's not something you want to focus on. Mm. Because, because you need the money, you're focusing on fishing. But you have to understand that the, that the necessary things that you see that need to be done in life have prerequisites. Mm-hmm. And so all of this stuff that we're talking about here rely upon boring things like boundary commissions and other legal concepts that are not the most exciting subjects to talk about but mm. they're important subjects mm. right and and what i'm what i'm lamenting is that is that we have a population that i don't know if it's that they view politics as something that is unnecessary undesirable i don't know what the correct word to use is but for whatever the reason is there's no real focus on important issues i wonder what the caymanian people will say when the british starts talking about that uh, when british citizens come here after five years they want them to be able to stand for election to the uh to the legislature and they and to be able to vote as well what what are they going to say when the British starts making that demand? Are they actually paying attention to what the British is doing? Hmm. You, you, you see what I'm saying? We, we're, we're, we're distracted. Yes, some things are might be urgent, mm-hmm. but there are some things that are crucial that that while these urgent things are are happening we we can't fail to take care of the important things Mm -hmm. i physically physically went to the first meeting that you're talking about that you that the poor connection was in relation to Mm -hmm. uh and i listened Mm -hmm. and um and i participated 
and 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 there are serious decisions that need to be made there are some concepts that i feel will require or should require constitutional change to address them and one of the problems is that when we think about how the constituencies are um drawn up there's a requirement that they respect the historical district boundaries but in order to do that you end up with an even more uh, absurd situation and and when when it was done there wasn't real i remember the discussion there wasn't really any support to move to to allow the constituent the 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 constituencies to to stretch beyond the boundaries of the historical the, what was then the districts and the, the i i i kind of dislike that because what what it's actually doing is it's skewing the situation and amplifying the problem more mm-hmm. and this is why now we're at the place where we're talking about whether Bodden town will take in part of east end or north side or whether north side and east end will be consolidated into one in order to get that number to be more in line with the other constituencies in terms of quantity of people but mm-hmm. you see what what we're actually focusing on when we do that is is the word equity and and what what politicians are, are focused on is is equity of numbers regarding their role as to how many people they represent mm-hmm. and and this is what's causing the issue these are the 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 the, the idea that the constituency can't overlap a historical georgetown boundary or bodden town boundary that's what's causing the problem mm-hmm. and what they're proposing that the solution is most likely going to be or should be is that you add two more members to the um to the house so you'd have 21 um MPs instead of the 19. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you let me tell you what worries me about that. Essentially what is happening is the view is developing that for roughly every 1000 to 1500 people you'll get another MP. Mm-hmm. Do you understand how large the parliament will become if we if that is the precedent? that is the trend and if we follow that logic 20 40 years down the road what what uh just recently can't remember the year germany the, the german people had a revolt in which they reduced their parliament from i think it was 600 and something down to 400 and something mps so they had a significant reduction mm-hmm. so it, it so In other words, I don't think that 5 or 10,000 people is too much for a representative to represent. Mm. But we can't have that kind of conversation with the current concept that you can't cross the historical boundary 
enshrined in the constitution. Mm -hmm. So, so how do we get to a consensus about what should be done if people are not going to participate? Mm. And, but I agree with you. I, I personally think that having the government or the, 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 the committee me the members come on to your program and have a discussion with the public would be far more effective in having that public conversation and it's unfortunate that it didn't occur very unfortunate all right thank you denny appreciate it take, take care 9362626 um the question really is how would you like and i'm trying to bring up this question um here in the show for you guys i'm just working on this but how would you like for um government agencies, departments, even politicians to communicate with you? What is it that you're reading, watching? Um, give your feedback. How can they reach you, right? You can't expect them to come knocking at every person's door, obviously. They need to use mass communication. And then the question then becomes, what mass communication methods are most, um, you know, useful for um for you to be able to hear the message so um let me just see here now i'm trying to see if i can bring up this um if i can bring up this this questionnaire for you guys to take okay i th i think i think i've done it this is my first time doing it so y'all got to forgive me here, try scanning that barcode and tell me. We only have two questions. We're going to do it easy. Um, go ahead and scan that barcode, and apparently you can vote right away, and it'll give you live results. So I'm trying this. I'm telling you, this is literally the first one I've ever done. So if we don't get it 100% right, we'll certainly, I'll, I'll be learning this by tomorrow's show, <laughs> improving upon this. But go ahead and scan that and cast your vote. And then we're, we, in theory, can see votes uh, results in real time. So scan it, put in your votes. The question, the first question, there's two questions. The first question is how many people have attended any boundary commission meetings? And I mean the current set of meetings that they're having, not meetings from 10, 15 years ago. So go ahead and scan and cast your vote now. Um, I'm going to encourage everyone on WhatsApp as well. Let me just send out a quick WhatsApp message to go ahead. And if you're obviously um, on your, on the radio listening, um, you can uh, log on to Facebook, YouTube, or somebody can, can grab the barcode and send it to you. So we do have a caller who's joining us. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandra. How are you? Not bad, darling. How are you doing? Not too bad either. I'm grateful yeah. for another day. Yes, hope you had a good um, weekend. Um, yes, I did. And you? Very good. Yeah. I, I last weekend. Uh, last weekend. Yeah, I think so. Um, my husband and my son gave me and my and a friend of mine, a very good friend, which is in the car with me right now. A uh, helicopter ride around the around Grand Cayman. Very interesting to do. Very interesting to see, and mm -hmm. to see how we're 
were being destroyed and chopped up. But anyway, was very interesting because I always wanted a helicopter ride. Anyway, wasn't that I call in for? Um, it was oh, the, the 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 children that we seen coming off. They had one million off the helicopter. Had one million and one. You could see that because they were grinning all over, questions being asked and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, you mentioned about uh, for the politicians or the MPs to go from door to door mm-hmm. before election. That's what they were doing. I've seen. I've seen. But but sorry. Let, me, let uh, me be fair to the politicians, though. Let me be very very fair, right? Even if they have a constituency that is, um, you know, say a thousand people. Do you realistically think that for every issue that comes up, your MPs are going to be in a position to go to not just those thousand homes, uh, because people move, one person mentioned earlier, you know, people get registered in one district and then they turn around and they move from another district and, you know, they're moving all over the place. Do you actually expect politicians to do that? No, Sandra, by all means, that's not what I'm getting at. Oh, okay. What I'm getting, what I'm getting at. Mm Mm-hmm. They they could when they they wanted to. What I'm getting at is for them to at least get on your radio show, get well, on which 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 yes yes and 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 radio came on because our premier have the time to do it and he does it and I'm proud of that. But you you seldom and I must say to Minister Brian. You seldom hear the rest, but you heard them when election was going on. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting at, Sandra. Yes. After all, after all, if we the people can make time to listen to them, why can't they listen to us? Thank you, Sandra. Mm-hmm. And that was my meaning of the whole thing. Take mm-hmm. DG for helicopter ride. <laughs> but yes all right thank you so much really appreciate it thank you thank you all right my dear um so nine three six two six two six um no i agree and i also think that not just the current mps but even the ones who didn't get in and almost got in i'm always shocked and surprised that they um (laughs) honestly disappear I, I cannot, uh, listen, the, the ones who are going to jump up one month before, two months before, even six months before the next election and start going around, making the rounds again, wanting you to publish stuff that they're doing and that they're up to, I am honestly going to say to them, are you kidding me? You know, um, I, I just, I'm going to be shaking my head. I'm always, I'm always surprised that they do it every single time. Um, so Vernita says the station went off and rebooted itself. This is radio station. Uh, hold on one second. Let me have a, let me just check it myself on my phone. I can actually go online and have a look. Um, I mean, on my end, it's fine. So I don't, I don't want to touch anything. Let me just have a look and see. 
I can actually go online and have a nope, look. Nope, I'm online. Um, I mean, no, that's that's radio. That's live radio. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on for you. Uh, what rebooted, but try refreshing, but it's still online. All right. So um, we're trying to do this poll. Like I said, this is the first time. Uh, you should be able to scan it and vote. Are you guys getting the poll question? Let me, that was the first question. Let me see if I can pull up. And I, I thought that this was supposed to give you results. Like I said, this is my first time doing it. I see a few of you have voted already. So um, we will we will get better with this as we actually figure out what the heck we're doing. Uh, I'll put the link, I'll put the link in the discussion area as well. Uh, let me see here now. So the idea is you've got this barcode that you can scan. It'll give you the question. Let me see how to actually view the results. Okay. So yeah, we've had some of you vote. How do we bring the results up? Hmm. View all poll results. There we go. Let's see now. So, um, okay. So this is the result so far. Now I'm, I'm like I said, I'm going to play around. This is me just playing around with this, but I'm actually going to do my homework after the show today. I'm adding this to my to-do list so that we can ensure that, um, we know how to do this properly. So 80% of you, and we don't have a whole lot of people in yet. So keep scanning the barcode. I'll put it back up. 80% of you said that you did not know anything about these meetings. So that's interesting. 80% surveyed so far said that they knew nothing about the meetings. Hmm. That's interesting. All right. Let me see if we can get the next uh, question up. So quiz number, um, oops, let me just go back here. So there's two questions. I was trying to make it super, super, super easy today. Um, so let's start the quiz. Yes, so we're going to um, share. I'm going to send the code for the next one. And then I want you guys to participate in that one as well. Mm -hmm. All right. So 80% didn't know about it. 20% said that they didn't go. So, so far, not a single person, Danny, you need to go, <laughs> you need to go participate in this poll. But so far, not a single person has said that um, they have participated in the poll. I mean, in the uh, in any of the meetings that the Boundary Commission has had. This is kind of sad. I mean, I hate to say it. The next question is, how many of you have watched an online Zoom session from the commission? So um, I think you can scroll across. It should be the same barcode because it's the same uh, present in a new tab. Hold on. It is the exact same um, question. It's like a two-part question one and two. So yes. How many of you have watched? So question number two, how many of you have watched an online Zoom session from the commission? So they've had, I think about three or four meetings by now. Even if you did not attend in person, did you at least um, watch? It via Zoom. Anybody? 
please go in and vote and we'll show those results as well. So, so far, all of you are saying that um, question number one, you, you basically how this works, for those of you who might not know, let me bring you up to speed. You take your phone, go into the photo, like you're going to take a photo of it, and it scans a barcode and you'll see right underneath it is a little yellow tab that comes up. You click on that with your finger and it opens up on your phone. In fact, give me one second here now. I'm going to show you on my phone. Do not message me in WhatsApp, folks. I see some of y'all messaging me. I'm going to tell you I'm going to actually show my phone screen. So whatever you do, don't message me because your message is going to pop up in the uh, in the notification section. So if you're listening, I'm sharing my screen. Do not message me. Okay. All right, so give me one second now. I'm trying to remember how to do this. Oh, good grief. My brain being taxed here. Uh This was screen sharing. Uh, Give me one second now. I'm going to force myself to remember how to use some technology around here. This was... uh, Yes, Denny. You keep talking while I try to remember what I need to do. Well, uh, all I really wanted to say <laughs> was that um, I looked at the questions that you asked and I didn't see an option that fit me. I, okay. I actually attended the meeting, so I don't have an option. But you no, the first it. one says, did you attend? You would say yes. Um, so the first slide, there was a question about if you attended. Um, so, not what I just saw when I when I uh, looked it up. Let's see hold on a second here. If uh, yes, I have. Okay, the question says, "How many of you have watched an online?" No, that was the second session? question. There's a first one. Oh, oh, I didn't see the first. Yeah, so there's a two. When part. I just when I just clicked on the link, this is what I saw. Okay. Okay. Everyone. All right. Right. Yeah. So there is a two-part question. Question number one and two. So the first question is whether you actually attended any of the meetings in person or, you know, I think it's yes, I attended. No, I didn't attend or I didn't even know anything about it. And then the second question is, okay, if you didn't attend, maybe you watched it in Zoom because they are offering it. Do do you want me to continue talking because your hand seems to be upset that I'm talking? Oh, Lord. What what is it with (laughs) you and your hand? I don't really know. No, it's. I don't know what's wrong. Maybe you should send him to the hospital, get him get it to check up or something. <laughs> um, what is your hand saying about you this morning? Um, oh, I can't. I you, can't with you, little boys. You know, please behave yourselves. Your hand well, behave. No, 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 no. Yes, that's right. He needs to behave because if he wants to say something, I, I suggest he say something that's useful. Right? Because what, what he's doing is really foolishness. And we're talking about serious issues, really, really important issues. And all he seems to be doing is encouraging people to do nonsense uh, when they should really be paying attention. Mm-hmm. But I, I like that you have this, um, this thing with the code, but 
um, I see that you added the link, which uh -huh. those two should go together. Okay. Uh, and and one, I don't know how you how the posts work, but let me let me try, try to, to get it. Try to, try to get it and how to do it. Okay. So yeah. um, let's let's review how to do it. Thank you, Denny. Okay, check her. All right, so folks, um, I'm on my phone, and it shouldn't matter if you're an Android or whatever kind of phone you have, right? So what you're gonna do is you're gonna open your phone app, your um, photo app, like taking a picture. So there it is that at the bottom for me. I click on that, and then, oops, I'm going to scan that code. And then you see that little yellow link that comes up? So you just touch that with your finger. And once you touch that with your finger, it's gonna bring up the poll for you, which you can now see on my phone. First question, oh, this is the second question about Zoom. Um, I think you can go back. Can you just scroll on your own to the other question or is it what I have up on the screen? So how many of you have actually watched on live session? So I'm gonna vote now. I mean, I tried to watch it, but it, I was unsuccessful. So I'm gonna say, no, I have not. And then you click on send. So you vote and you send in your result, okay? So it's that easy with your phone. All right, let me pull my phone out of the way. And then I'm going to now um, go back to the second slide. There should be a way for me to easily go between questions. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can go between, hmm. we're very much kind of, doing this on the fly. Uh, so there's that question. Oh, yes. All right, so this is, oh, we've got results. Okay. Hmm, this is super interesting. So for the question of how many of you have watched an online Zoom session, um, we do have some results here. So let me pull this up. So um, we have, um, some 79% saying again that you never heard of even the Zoom sessions. 14% said that you haven't gone. 7% said that you have gone. So that's good. I mean, that's better than probably what I was thinking it might have been. Um, so some of you have gone to the meetings. Okay. All right, so that's the results so far for the second question. Keep voting, though, because the more of you that vote, um, so I think I need to, give me one second. Natasha says it's taking you to question number two. I think that's my fault. I'm trying to learn this, how to use it, really. So let me, I think what it is is that every time I select one as being live, it toggles back and forth. So I've just made question number one live again. So scan it again, and it should take you back to question one. So let me know if that looks if that looks right. So question number one is how many people have attended any of the Boundary Commission meetings um, so far? Hmm, this doesn't look like uh, I've put question one back live. So go ahead and vote on question number one. I'll give you guys a little bit because it looks like it's still got the older results up. All right, so just scan it again, and it will, um, I'll put it back up on the screen. It should be the same barcode. It's a two-part question, so I believe that it should be the same. 
Um, okay, there we go. So how many of you have attended any of the Boundary Commission meetings? And so far, 80% said they didn't know about it. 20% said no, they hadn't. So Denny, this is your opportunity now to vote. You'll be that one person so far that says that you've gone, okay? Um, I don't know what's going on with Johan and Denny this morning, but um, Johan, um, you, you've got to really, oh God, am I really going to have to address Johan this morning? Lord Jesus, why do y'all test my patience? Do y'all not know that I'm not, <laughs> listen, I'm a mother of one for a reason, because I didn't want 10 children taxing my brain every single day, but y'all are going to do it right here on the show, aren't you? Johan, I've said this to you privately before, and now I will say it publicly. Not everybody understands your sense of humor. And sometimes it's a bit misplaced. Um, I've had other people comment, of course, um, on the things that <laughs> Johan has said. Uh, and I think what it is, is a lot of people don't get your, your sense of humor and um, they don't appreciate it. And they see your comments. This is what people have said to me. They see Johan as a little bit passive aggressive in the comments that he makes. So it's like a joke, but it's not a very nice joke. And so people don't take well to it. I've, I've had a lot of people say to me, what is it with, with you and Johan? Do you guys have something going on? Not something going on like that, but like, is there a problem? And I'm like, I don't have a problem with Johan. I'm making this man brownies all the time, getting him super fat, <laughs> right? But the comments, right? Like take, for example, earlier he said, CMR equals today for me, tomorrow for you. That's not a, that's not a nice comment. And in fact, it's not true. If you keep your, your head above ground and you keep your nose clean, you never have anything to fear from CMR. So I think, um, Johan, you might want to consider how your comments are coming across to other people because other people have been um, having to say these things to me. And I think the fact that uh, more and more people are saying it means that perhaps your jokes, whatever your intent is, it's not probably landing in the way in which you're intending to land for it to land. So everybody notices every single dime that Denny comes onto the show, you seem to have an issue with Denny. Whatever your issue with Denny is, sometimes what you need to do is just turn the volume down. This is what other people do. They just turn the volume down if somebody comes on that they don't want to hear, right? When they think they're done, they turn it back up and that's it. They don't engage by calling the person's name and making these comments. So he said, Denny's still chatting. He must be Sandra's sneaky link. At, but at, what? All the time he gets to vent. I mean, that's ridiculous. Denny and I have been friends for a very, very long time. I want to say Denny in excess of, oh my God, I can't even, I have to pull up a calculator and figure out how long we've known each other. It's been a really, 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 really long time for sure. Right? Probably well over 20 years for sure. And uh, Denny and I don't have to be each other's sneaky links. When we when we could have been, we weren't. You know, we have maintained a friendship and that's it. I told you guys that Denny and I traveled to Cuba for the first time together as friends. 
We even slept in the same bed, pillows between us. Nothing ever happened. There's no fear of contradiction. You know, we've always maintained um, a friendship and that's it. So as someone who's a married woman, I don't want anybody going around talking about I have any sneaky links because I can tell you that that is definitely not the case. Uh, Danny's wife has passed away. I don't know what his relationship status is. That really isn't my business. But again, that's not a very nice thing to say. Yeah. Even if you're trying to be funny, that's just not funny. Um, and of course, Denny is taking offense to it this morning. So Johan, consider this a warning, right? That you need to, you need to pull back off of your comments, especially when they're directed at individuals. Just make general comments about the issues. That's all I'm saying. Miss Shirley, oh, y'all can see why I don't have no pile of children, right? I really do not have the patience for it. All y'all would be in the corner so fast you wouldn't even know. Listen, Ms. Shirley Rolson says this is why district committees are so important. However, only the Honorable Speaker Catherine Wilkes and former Honorable MP Ezra Miller thought enough of their position and people to have district committees. This is the only way we have any chance of our government working for us. Um, Catherine has district committees, has a district committee, but that's news to me, but good for her. I had not heard that. Um, I mean, she lost her entire uh, committee that got her elected. So I guess she needed to replace them in any event. Um, so that's a good thing, I suppose. And how is that working out? I've never heard anything about that district committee and what they're doing and what they're not doing. That particular constituency isn't doing anything amazing. I'm just saying, Shirley, there is a concept about district committees. And I know everyone thinks that a micromanaging of democracy is the way to go in this country. I still say for me, the verdict is out. I have not decided if that's actually gonna be all that beneficial to us. I have my doubts. Even so, if we're to take that constituency as an example, okay, she has district committees. What have they done for the people of, which one is that, Georgetown Central? that you've heard anything about that's been amazing and wonderful? Because I haven't heard a single thing. So again, just to have district committees means what? How effective are these district committees going to be? Uh, Denny, question or comment? Um, the, I just want to make a distinction between what Mr. Hazard Miller did mm -hmm. and what Catherine did. Uh, I think the way that Mr. Miller handled it is the more correct way to do it, which is he called his a district committee. What the speaker did in her constituency is she used the term interim district council. That's an inappropriate use of language because it's it allows her to say that she has a district uh, council when it's in fact no more official than what Mr. Miller did. She was challenged when she had the public meeting mm -hmm. about not doing that. She ignored that advice and she went ahead and did it anyhow. Mm -hmm. These are the kinds of things that some people might not appreciate the importance of that language. Mm -hmm. 
morning. Danny, Danny, I don't want to cut you off, but I have to throw my two cents in there this morning. I am from the District of Western, and yes, she has a committee that is doing nothing. Most of those members that was elected for her committee were voters that voted for Mr. Eugene, and he did not get in. Okay, so we either have to vote and stand strong and stop being biased and two-faced because this is all that is happening in this government and in the election now. Is if the candidate I vote for don't win, then what I do is suck up behind the one that won, right? That's my two cents. Well, how long has this um, district committee for that? Um, I think it was done about two months ago. It was out in the compass of loop. Oh, wow. Yeah, really, it was I in really Tampa. I think about two months ago that yeah. it was done. Okay. Um, right. A picture was taken and everything. Yeah, well, but you know, again, like how I said, the only MP I think is going to go in, or not that I think, the only one that I see fit to go back in is Mr. Andre. No other MP from Westbrook so, could get so, my vote. It's so funny because I said the exact same thing this morning. Um, Nobody from Westbrook can get my vote, and I tell you what. And I don't live Nobody in Westbrook, to be fair, but... My family, I tell you, go on the street, and most of them voting for Andre. So mm -hmm. that's a good 56 to vote to get right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. anyways, I leave it there. Thank you, my dear. So somebody says, apparently, Catherine's committee is an interim district committee. Um, what a hot mess. So someone no, says, but you, did but not you work see. for me. So are, are you guys still not getting the first question? I'll try to, um, let me see here now. Oh, looks no. Was anybody able but to that, get? Uh -huh. Sandra, the the my comments um, doesn't have anything to do with a committee that supports the the member. Uh -huh. My comment is about an unofficial establishment of what is in essence really just a committee, uh -huh. meaning. See, this is why language is important because now we're, we're there's confusion about what is a, a district committee versus what is a district council, and what she did is I'm I'm not criticizing her as an MP. Mm -hmm. Anything that I say has nothing to do with her mm -hmm. as a as a person. I'm what I'm criticizing is an action that she took to use language mm -hmm. that is not appropriate because if you say that you're going to put in place a, a, a district council then put the district council in place i'm not advocating it i'm just saying that if that's what you're saying that you're going to do then do it officially what she's doing mm -hmm. is instead of doing it officially what she's doing is instead using the name without the actual official status and that is wrong because it creates too much confusion. If the previous caller wants to support the committee, I don't have any problem with that. But mm -hmm. that committee to support the minister is not the one that I'm talking about. So she, she has created a district council or she has? I'm confused now. She has not officially, but she's using the name. Oh, she's so calling nice. it an interim but district that make no sense. council. Oh, well, I know. One it second, we're going to join any... another caller. Well, y'all have me royally confused about that this morning. Call oh, no. Then it, then it, when I called just now, it wasn't about supporting her. I would never support her. Mm -hmm. So just I'm let me be clear. I'm talking about the committee. 
Oh yeah, so but I will so never support her committee or her. My vote, an intern something committee, yeah. But they're not doing anything for Kim, for, for Western people. What are they doing? You want me to tell you to go on the street? Each MP in Westville have their little district, right? Mm-hmm. Their little section, sorry. West is south, west to west. And like how I said, the only person that is doing anything for the community of West on a whole is Andre. I'm not asking any questions. Gathering got her a group of friends. Mr. McNeil got his group of friends. Um, Bernard has a group of friends. When Christmas comes, they give turkey to who they want. I don't want their turkey. Yeah, that's for sure. I don't eat it personally. Right? Mm-hmm. So the only people that can benefit from Catherine is her group. And I don't care who like it or who don't like it. She can never get my vote. She will never get my vote. And her committee, I think, is crap. Because most of those members went in and voted for Mr. Eugene. And when Mr. Eugene didn't get in, what they did, they turned. Okay? So this is where we go wrong. We have an issue with ourselves. But being biased, two faces sometimes, $200 can buy a lot of their votes. It can't buy mine. I want a million dollars for my votes. <laughs> you know? So so that's what I leave. So they can't buy your child. <laughs> yeah, they can't buy mine. Yeah. I got votes for George. <laughs> Lord yeah. Jesus, he can't run, so that'll, that'll solve that problem. Um, all right, caller, thanks very much. Um, Denny, any, anything further? Yeah, uh, like so. These are the kinds of things that minister that MPs should be coming on your program and talking about, mm-hmm. so that we could iron these things out and have clarity. I personally believe that the reason why the language was chosen mm-hmm. was to have a veneer of achieving district council, mm-hmm. but in reality, they're unofficial. Mm-hmm. Right. What Mr. Miller did was he deliberately did not use the word council. Mm-hmm. He used the word committee, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. which is the appropriate thing to do, mm-hmm. so so as to not create confusion. Mm-hmm. Well, this uh, this okay. is her interim district council, but that's what she's calling it, right? So, well, I, and how were these people th- when, selected? What's when the process she w- of selection? No, but when she would. When she had the meeting, mm-hmm. she was calling it committee. I'm sorry, district council, interim district council. Mm-hmm. That's what she was calling it when they were having the meeting in West Bay. Because someone contacted me about it. Yes. Complaining, well, well, I didn't know they were implementing district uh, council. And I'm like, well, I didn't know that either. So, all right. I Anyhow. don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> well, I, well, it, it, I, I agree with you. You know that yeah. that the kind of accountability that people think they will achieve from those district councils, I'm not convinced that's going to happen because nope. the, what the problem is is that the way it's structured in the constitution is that if you were to implement them as prescribed in the constitution, mm-hmm. they are advisory to members, mm-hmm. which means that the councils could say all of the right things perfectly. And all the MPs are required to do because it's advisory mm-hmm. is to consider what was said. 
and and all they would do is say, okay, I consider it, uh, and then ignore it. Mm. That's all they're legally required to do. Mm. Hmm. Anyhow, right. take care. Um, more bloating of government, I think, really is the last thing in the world that we need. Uh, I'm sorry, but I, I could not support that. Um, and I think that's exactly what's going to be created here. So RD Limited says... People just want a district council so that they can have someone else to go to and complain or beg from. Mm -hmm. RD goes on to say people need to get off of their, you know what, and do for themselves instead of depending on politicians to solve their problems. Uh, Siobhan has a chuckle about a million dollars for your vote, but yet you said you can't be bought. Well, I think the point, Siobhan, is she's setting it so high, and this is why I always say set your price high, then nobody can buy you out. So she knows nobody not gonna offer her a million dollars for her vote. So that's why she's saying she can't be bought. You know, somebody jokingly said to me last night, we had some friends over playing Ludi, and one of them jokingly said to me, Oh, I heard that Dart is gonna be um buying CMR. And I laughed and I said they can't afford it. You just set your your set your price high. They can't afford it. Hmm. Now, of course, we know we know Dart got some deep pockets. So they could afford anything, but it's just not up for sale. Yes. There's no price right now. And I know, I know this sounds crazy and y'all think I'm crazy, but there's only so much money in the world that any person needs. And, um, I have enough. I'm living. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I don't need much more than what I have. What, what am I going to do with all this money? Oh, I'd buy land, I suppose. Uh, future proofing this little Island for my daughter, buy some land for her, honey child. But other than that, you know, I'm good. I don't need any bigger house. I'm already tired of walking from one room to the next. Um, the bigger your house, the more junk you find to put in it and the more cleaning you have to do. And Lord knows I don't want any more of either of those things really going on. So I'm good. 4,000 square feet is plenty, 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 plenty room. Believe me, you. Ugh, some days... More storage. I don't think you can ever have enough storage, but that's because, like I said, you find stuff to fill holes. It's like the handbag. What, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. You got a small handbag. Miraculously, nothing's in it. You go get yourself a big handbag. What do you do? Stuff it with all kind of junk. And then you're like, why is my bag so heavy? I feel like I'm carrying on a brick. Anyway, some things are just not up for sale is, is the bottom line. And it is what it is. Um, so somebody sent a picture saying this was her committee. This is her district council, interim district council. Okay. Um, I don't know how those people were selected or anything, but, you know, I think we don't need to muddle the waters is the truth, right? District committees, district councils, what are they doing? What are they not doing? Um, does she have anybody working in her office? I mean, I don't, I don't really know what that's all about, but again, what I want to say to you, the listeners, is that all MPs um, need to really, really get it together. Now, some some have it more together than others, uh, to be fair. I do know, for example, the Newlands and Savannah constituency, because, you know, again, I guess the premier can afford to do so. He's got multiple people working full time on his team. So he's got Miss Rhonda Kelly. She does a lot of stuff. That's why he's doing like the, the, the diet nutrition, um, you know, community things. He has gardening. Um, you know, he's, he's 
putting together a lot of those types of things at the constituency level. And he's got, you know, full time Miss Debbie is there in his office and, you know, they're keeping office hours. I guess if you live in Savannah, Newlands, you would know. Um, and the crazy thing is there are people who don't even live in Savannah, Newlands, who just show up to their door getting information. So I'm going to leave this poll open. You guys can go and vote on it a little bit later on, maybe tomorrow on tomorrow's program. We'll discuss a little bit more about it. But so far, it seems like the vast majority of people did not attend any Boundary Commission meetings. Uh, so now we're at 78%. So somebody else voted that they didn't know anything about it. 22% said that they did not attend. And nobody, Denny, have you not voted in this one yet? Nobody says that they have. He's the only person that I know of that actually went to any of these meetings. So that was the first question. The second question, let me just see if I can pull it up here, is um, how many of you watched it on Zoom? Somewhat similar numbers. So never heard of it, 79%. 14% didn't watch it, so that's assuming that they heard of it. And 7% says that they did watch it. So what we'll do, folks, is um, obviously, like I said, this is my first little real-time poll that I'm doing. I mentioned this last week. I think it was Mr. Denver uh, that I was saying to him that I was planning on, you know, starting to use polls more often during the show so you guys can vote, you know, whether you're on the chats or not. I want you to be able to vote and we can discuss some of the results. Uh, we'll, we'll start off small because not a whole lot of people have voted, but, you know, we'll grow. These numbers will continually grow. I want you guys to participate in these because this gives me an idea of what I'm thinking because I might be thinking in my head that, yeah, nobody heard about these. Nobody went. That was my sentiment. Are the numbers going to confirm that or not? So when you vote, we can actually see a bit more of what's going on. So we'll do a couple of these a week to kind of just take the pulse of the community on these different topics. And of course, you're always free to call in 936-2626. So Sandra Cole, good morning to you. Says Sandy is our district committee, 100%. Well, I don't know if I want to take on that role because like I said, I have my doubts about whether or not a district committee will even be effective. But I do appreciate you guys always saying that, you know, we're the pulse, uh, we're the voice of the community. I want to talk about something now that I received uh, yesterday because I want to make sure that people understand very, very clearly uh, where we are right? So people send me requests all the time. Sandy, I need help with this and that and whatever. Um, I need assistance, you know, electric bills, all sorts of stuff. I want to be very, very clear, however. Um, One of the things that I will never do, yeah, is I will never help you break the law, especially somebody says government is already top heavy. Talking about district council is going to get worse, especially when it comes to immigration violations. Please don't, I'm not the person that you come to and you ask, oh, Miss Sandy, can you take out a work permit for me? Or can you help my sister who we got? No, 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 no. Don't, don't even ask me folks. To me, that is the greatest insult as a Caymanian, right? I'm not into no fake and arranged marriages. I'm not the one. I wish that we all would respect our immigration laws. The mere fact that we have people here who do not respect our immigration laws, to me, demonstrates how little you all care about this country. 
Every single one of you who have engaged in these marriages of convenience, you are destroying the Cayman Islands one fake marriage at a time. You are bringing undesirable people to our shores. And we do not want them here. If they can't get here the right way, the legal way, follow the rules to come here, you don't need to be here. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, God knows it doesn't take much for y'all to fall in love on a normal and go through the courting you know, relationships and get married the right way. Half of those not going to work out anyway. But at least it's not the premise of the relationship is not entirely fraudulent. So if you're here and you're looking, I'm going to show you guys why this conversation is even a topic. If you're like this person, this person says, hello, Miss Sandy. Sorry for the message at this hour. I know you have a large audience in Ireland, and I'd like for you to keep me private. I'm a Mason who had a valid work permit, and I'm here searching for jobs as I'm not into a company. If anyone has any job, which they'd be delighted um, to take on another person, I'd be more than grateful. They can contact you and you can reach out to me if there's any success or they can communicate on the post and I'll reach out directly. Thank you. And so I said, good morning. And I was reading this thinking, huh? What, 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 what is person saying to me now? And I said, um, I not too sure I'm understanding this. So I say, a little confused about how you have a work permit and no job, though. This is me. They respond, says the job we were doing has just been completed. So for the time being, I'm looking for some work to occupy my time until the other projects come through. Folks, this is not how this is supposed to work. If you work in construction, if you work in... Um, whatever, you know, janitorial, whatever, you, your work permit isn't per job. Your work permit is to an employer who has told immigration that they are going to pay you, right? A salary, whether it's by the hour or a set amount per month. So whether they have work for you or not, they are supposed to be paying you. So you see my response to this person, I said, yes, but that's illegal. Your employer has to have constant work for you. Even if they don't have constant work for you, because you could understand in construction, sometimes some jobs may be like, okay, you know, next project coming up. But honey child, you're not supposed to be going out there working for somebody else and other projects, people who do not hold your work permit. Be very, very clear. I cannot be part of this type of a situation. Don't message me asking me these types of things because you will not be getting a post on CMR for this type of thing. I'm sorry. It just ain't happening. This is a breach. And when I say a breach, I mean a direct breach of the immigration laws of the Cayman Islands. So how on earth do you expect me to be part of this? That don't make no sense. I cannot, and I will not be part of it. Yeah, it's as simple as that. You're breaking the law. Your employer is breaking the law. The person goes on to say, oh, they didn't know that. And, um, you know, their employer never tells them anything. So I'm like, you know, your employer has a responsibility 
to ensure that you're not in breach of the law. Now, if the employer was actually paying them as they should be, this wouldn't be happening. This person would not be out there looking for work. I want to implore all of you to consider very, very carefully what happens when someone is out there looking for work because they have employers who are not, yeah, who are not paying them as they should. Now, if this poor guy can't find any work, what do you think the logical outcome will be? Well, he's going to go out there and he's going to find work to do. Legal or illegal? Hook by hook or by crook? One way or the other? That's how it works, folks. So you have got to, I don't know who his employer is, but you've got to stop taking out work permits for people when you know you're in no position to pay them in between jobs. I bet you if you'd put on the immigration form that you're only going to pay him every time you have a job, that for that immigration, that work permit would have never, ever been approved. And for, with good reason. Yeah? Get it together, folks. This is a really, really bad situation that you guys are actually putting your workers in. Now, we can't expect much out of the people on these streets, believe me you, these so-called employers. We didn't get to talk about the construction one yet, but we're going to look at that tomorrow because I need to carefully review that video because I just looked at it as a glance at a glance and I can't say whether or not um, there was any profanity in it. So I need to make sure I review that before playing that on air. But this is a situation where you've got a crazy um, construction lady. Everybody's talking in the streets. She doesn't like to pay her workers. So this guy's running around trying to get paid. We need to put a stop to this stuff. Right? Seriously, it has got to stop. Now, if the people have no conscience, the so-called Caymanians who are taking out work permits for people have no conscience about what they're doing. They're charging people for work permits. They're doing the most illegal things in the world. We have to rely on the government, the civil servants to close the gap, the legislators, the MPs to close the gap. We know what industries are ripe for this type of abuse. So they need to be scrutinized, extra scrutinized, right? Listen to me. This is so simple to resolve. All employers should not just be providing a contract of employment, pay slips to their employers. We now need bank statements to show the money going into people's accounts and not coming out. Okay, close this gap. Elected officials, listen to me carefully. We have got too many people taking advantage. Some of we got a, a population of 80,000. That's not the problem. The problem is what percentage do we have that are taking advantage of the system and allowing people to basically enter our country to then be in a, a precarious situation where they cannot even pay their bills. I had someone who's a landlord yesterday said, Sandy, this is really causing a lot of issues. 
I said, this is the problem I'm having now. Um, you know, my freaking tenants, they're not paying my rent because of the, then they use a couple expletives, which I can't use. And they said, sorry. <laughs> and it's not that they are not getting paid when they don't work. So yeah, this is BS. Um, you know, crazy. Absolutely crazy. It's got to stop. We need to nip the marriages of convenience in the bud. And this is another one. People take that work permits to people and they do not have work for them. So we see it all the time in these nanny groups and whatever. Oh, I have a helper, but I only need her two days a week. Well, if that's the case, then you can apply for somebody else to do a shared permit. They pay their piece to immigration and immigration is supposed to be informed and know what's going on. And you split the pension, you split whatever else, you know, this person is supposed to have. We need it to stop. And immigration enforcement also needs to get it together. Hmm? Make these employers demonstrate to you that they are actually paying people their salary. Government, cut this foolishness out. You've made it too easy for people to come here and jump on top of any fool, fool Caymanian and get residency through marriage. And now we are getting the lowest of the low. And they are taking advantage and raping and pillaging the system as much as they possibly can. And it's not benefiting anyone except those few individuals taking advantage. Because guess what? It's not even benefiting the people here in a work permit. Because then they're stranded here with no work. Can't pay their bills. And some of them are starting to resort to all sorts of illegal activity, prostitution, gambling, and all sorts of other stuff. I'm not telling you. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. RD says that Cayman is full of hustlers and scammers. We have plenty of Caymanians now that are opening such scams. It's all a money grab. Operating such scams, sorry. Ms. Brenda says they're, they're being facilitated by her own. People always find loopholes, and it's made easier when you're assisted by the very people who should be closing the gaps. Hmm. And not only that, to be quite frank and honest with you, but... You know, like I said, a lot of it's happening when I say Caymanians, I'm using the term legally. There's the same people that come in through these fraudulent marriages. They're the ones setting up all these construction companies and otherwise that are doing the most damage. Immigration, you know that it's a lot of construction, landscaping, and, and janitorial cleaning businesses. Tackle them first. Ms. Brenda says, if anyone thinks that district councils isn't necessary or will not be effective, you should read the CI Constitution. The law is being broken by refusing to implement them. As I said, if you know or understand the importance of district councils, you wouldn't oppose them. I'm not talking about the importance of them. I'm talking about the practicality of it. I am 80% sure they are not going to work in the way in which, just like one man, one vote. All y'all like, yeah, one man, one vote is going to be more accountability. More of this, more of that. Let's put in place. And now y'all crying to, oh, can we change it back? Be careful what you wish for. I have no faith in district councils whatsoever. It's going to be extra bloating of government, more political appointments, more foolishness that we have to be dealing with. And more people who want to get into politics, who want to become MPs, and they're going to see district councils as a stepping stone to be able to get there, which will equal more infighting. Me, I'm not convinced one, one ounce. 
Dean Shalette says this has been happening for years now. Don't depend on the government to do anything about it because uh, government themselves is the problem. What a hot mess. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. This is the result when you get people, when you get, when your country isn't run by the people that you vote for and elect. Well, the civil servants are running this show, to be fair. And they always have been. Live says, and then they're pushing out the anchor babies. Yes, honey child. Now there's a rumor floating around that a woman committed suicide on Friday. It's a rumor. Because she was part of one of these marriages of convenience, paid this man or this man paid her money. And then for some reason, she started to have feelings for him. It was just a business transaction for him. They just got married in January. Somebody even sent me the photo, the wedding photo. She started to have feelings and wanted to be in a relationship with him, like for real. Even willing to give him the money back, I heard. And he refused because he's got his woman out there living his best life. And so the word on the street is she died from a drug overdose. We'll wait till the police confirm that. The autopsy confirms it. And then I'll let y'all know. But that's what people are talking in the District of West Bay. Can y'all imagine that? What a hot mess. This is where we're going now. You kill yourself over some fake marriage. I hope to God it's not the case. Because girl, you you are worth so much more than that. What 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 does killing yourself gonna accomplish? He's still here. And you know what is so crazy? I bet you one thing. Immigration is not gonna be in a position now to strip him of his status because he died whilst being married to a Caymanian. So now he's friggin' set for life, if you can believe that. Let me cut the radio. Let me cut the radio. I think we're off radio anyway, but let me just disconnect it just in case, because I'm going to use some expletives here. That bullshit, right? Why the hell you can harm yourself over some no good man, probably from Tivoli Gardens? Mm-mm. Girl, please. Caymanian, y'all have got to do better. You've got to find your self-worth. I'm sorry, but the, the trash that you all are picking up from all over kingdom come. Nobody that adds any value to your life. Nobody that adds any value to the community that we call the Cayman Islands. Get your shit together just for a couple dollars. And you spend the money in no time and not doing you no good even. Mm-mm. Like I said, I hope the rumors are not true, but that's what's being circulated in the district. Kind of job people calling me, telling me all about it. I was like, wow, now that is next level ridiculous if it's true. Wow. All I could do is shake my head, honey child. Some of these bitches will, excuse my language, but some of them will even poison you because it's a business transaction for them. They just want to be able to stay here with no hassle. What do you think? You think they care about you? It's a money transaction. They're killing people in their own damn country. What do you think? They kill you too. Y'all better get it together. Okay, when did Cayman has become so stupid and so fool? What happened to us? When did we get desperate for little man? I mean, I know there's a man shortage around the place. I realize there's more women here than men, but my God. Y'all sharing them anyway? Just find another one to share? I mean, really? Don't kill yourself off of these fools. Please don't get pregnant by them. We don't need no more anchor babies guaranteeing them. So when you finally wake up and you decide to divorce them, they're still not going nowhere because you have an anchor baby situation on your hands. It's like, come on. 
No, sir. Mm-mm. But you see, this is the thing. Miss Brenda, they're getting it immediately now. So they're getting PR right away when you're married to Caymanian. They need to undo that law. They need to change it. It's too easy. Good morning, caller. Auntie Sandy. Yes, my dear. Please behave yourself and stop talking foolishness because if Don Marlin or me give up on you, you know you will kill yourself as well. <laughs> you fool. Come off my radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling. Seriously. I want to call and apologize to Danny Warren. I didn't realize how sensitive he was and I didn't mean to um, embarrass him and cause him to have like a little nervous breakdown on, on radio. Um, you and I have a great sort of um, weird, awkward, wonderful um, friendship where we take the piss out of everything. And um, obviously I thought Danny was man enough to um, understand sarcasm, um, but uh, so, maybe, so, maybe so, so be it. Too, maybe it's too much, um, Johan, listen to me now. No, 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 I don't talk about Denny. I, I've, I've said what I've said. I don't give a okay. shit about Denny, to be honest so with you. Good luck, Denny, with life. Generally speaking, because <laughs> Denny's not the only person who has shared comments about your comments, right? So generally yeah, but speaking, maybe people just don't get it, and you could do it pulling back a little bit on it. That's just my suggestion. Take it or leave it. I'm just no, saying. No, no, no. Listen, listen. You and I argue about many different things, and we have a very colorful, topsy-turvy um, relationship. If other people don't get it, that's their perspective. I just didn't understand. Never mind. It doesn't matter. That's their that's their opinion. That's what they're entitled to. Knock yourself out. But just because I don't want to end up in the um, back of the class like Alejandro and Jamila and everybody else that normally I see in the back of the class with me, I just thought I'd call in and, 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 and apologize because um, you provide a quality service on a daily basis to Cayman. Um, some of the positions that you champion, there's nobody else in Cayman history that, that takes it on you know, head on the way that you do. Yeah, there's some things you get wrong, but we all make mistakes. I, I find it entertaining, informative, and, and all the rest of it. And there's a reason why CMR is the number one um, uh, information source and place that people listen to in, in the morning. So I just wanted to call and share that with you. But you, you can't be hating on people. They find love where they find love. You have Marlon, you got me, so you're good. You know what I mean? That's just the way it's going to be. Have a good day, Auntie Sandy. Right, thank you. Somebody says, Bye. I love your hand sense of humor. Well, you know, if you get it, you get it. Um, what a hot mess. So, yeah, this is this is quite, um, as Brenda says, then you need to impress upon your friend, the premier, to act on this. Well, listen, if, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times already. Now I'm blue in the face about this. This loophole needs to be closed immediately. This is a very, very serious situation. I'm not in favor of any sort of foolishness like this whatsoever. Anyway, we'll bring you more uh, news as we know it in terms of that situation. But yes, these immigration loopholes need to be closed. People are getting too comfortable being in marriages of convenience. And let me tell you something. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not the one to be messaging. If I know that you're a marriage of convenience, the first people I notifying is immigration. Take that. And I don't care who you are. You could be my sister, my mama, my daddy, my this woman. I don't give two hoots, right? If I suspect it and I know it and I have evidence or reasons to believe it, I am going to message immigration about your stupid behind and say, look, yeah, another marriage of convenience. Go get your evidence. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Beautiful folks. 
That's all I've got for you. The next time we do the polls, hopefully I'll be a little bit more versed in how to do them correctly. <laughs> I will work on it on that and uh, we'll do more polls, but continue to vote. So I'm going to leave that one live. I think for a little bit, Melita um, says, oh, no, you didn't just say that, Johan. Sandy, Johan, kissing up to you now, child. Put him in the back of the class. Oh, Lord. Oh, I can't even. Anyway, y'all, please have a safe day. Enjoy the sunshine. I think we might have mostly sunshine today. Enjoy the sun sh sunshine. Do your hurricane preparedness. We're going to try to get some updates on Miss Vernita. Again, the word on that situation is that she fell into a coma. I was shocked to hear that. I did not know that. Uh, she's a good friend to the program. Um, she's messaging me this morning. I think these people confused. Uh, what? Oh, Carmelie, you don't come with your bad news that not even accurate, huh? No, sir. She messaged me this morning. Well, I got a message from my phone. I'm going to call her and check on her. Because that's the, we, we can't be dealing with no misinformation. But anyway, we can pray for everybody regardless. Y'all need good health. Um, I am a little bit confused. So I'm going to call her right now and see how she's doing, what's going on. Maybe it's somebody else that fell in Tacoma and they're confusing. I don't know. Some of y'all be so, so confused. Somebody dropped dead. You confuse them with somebody else. I had that last week. I was like, no, that's not the person who died. Hmm? Now, you know a bad one, Sandy. I tell you who died. Because I don't know half the people who be dying anyway. Anyway. Be good, beautiful folks. Tune in tomorrow morning, 7.30 p.m. Have a fantastic day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 